Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day and welcome to the opening draw on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We will have a traffic report coming up, a little traffic and weather together at some point here on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Brooke. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. This is a rookie cap for you this morning. You have not worn this one so far are on the opening drive. Are you keeping up with all of my caps? Totally. <laughs> totally. So She's this got... is a PGA Championship cap. Hmm. I didn't realize I had it. I have a. I do have a closet that has two shelves with hats, and it was in the back because I was like, I feel like I need to switch it up. I've been wearing like the same hats recently. Here's one of my favorite statistics from the 2018 PGA here in St. Louis. From Sunday to Sunday. Sunday before the tournament to the Sunday after the tournament, they averaged selling a cap a second. Wow. What? Yeah, a cap a second got sold. That's very the, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a great cap. I have like five. <laughs> <laughs> so I contributed to that cap a second. CD, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. It's hump day. Going to go to the Cardinal game today. Let's hope they get that baby in. Yeah, hopefully the rain holds off. It held off pretty much for the entire game towards the, till like the eighth or ninth inning yesterday. So hopefully it gets out of the way early. I think it's supposed to be really bad yeah. around 10. Yeah. Uh, there, there were a few storms in the seventh that we're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see what you did there. Uh, Are we going to talk about that today? Yeah, I think that might be a topic oh, okay. of conversation here on the opening drive. But let's start with your St. Louis Blues, who just will, as Joe Buck so famously said in the 2011 World Series, they just won't go away. <laughs> Tyru glanced it off the wall. Sod goes to Shin, far wing. Back to Sod in front. And that's cut off at the last moment there by Noah Cates, and then they score! They get it to the front of the net, Kairou's there! Chipped it in off the turnover, and the Blues have taken a 1-0 lead. 14.07 to go in the first period. Guys, we can complain all we want about the 200-foot game and mm-hmm. about the defense. Get a 40-goal score. He's going to score goals. I mean, I said it the other day. Sometimes that's one of the most frustrating things as a coach, when you got a guy that is so talented that you got to play him and they're not playing the game the, the, the whole way you want them to and you're constantly on them. But Jordan Kyrou is going to score goals. He's going to do what he's paid to do. He's their, their goal scorer, and, and, you know, he should get – hopefully he gets to 40 this year. But, you know, it's uh, he's going to do that. He does a great job at it. 
So last season, he finished with 75 points. And I didn't realize this. He actually finished with more assists than he did goals Isn't that amazing? last season, yeah. <laughs> which is weird to me. Now we're seeing that change in it's a little bit more equal. You have 37 goals, 35 assists so far through for him this season. Maybe that whole little chit chat with Baruby worked out with him. Might have woken him up. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I... And you don't have Robert Thomas out there either. Right. I think just scoring goals, he does that naturally. It, it, it mm-hmm. comes, it's one of the things that he's probably done with ease his entire life. And so uh, when you are that good, sometimes you don't pay attention on in other places. Like Understood. you're just not as locked in yeah. in other areas as you should be. And I think that's what Baruby gets more upset about than than his goal scoring ability. We know he's an elite goal scorer. He can do that in his sleep. It's the other things that you, when you're not as good at, you have to actually work on. You know what I just thought of? And you'll appreciate this. You remember Randy Moss's first couple of years in the yep. NFL where if he wasn't getting the ball, he would just stand there at the oh, last yeah. scrimmage. <laughs> right? But then when he was getting the ball, he just ran past everybody. Yes. Yeah. And it took him a long time. I think it took him to get to New England before he actually started playing the whole the game. The whole game, yeah. Sometimes when you are so good at one thing and that's what your thing is, you mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the other parts. But as a team member, you definitely do. So Cairo has it one nothing after a period. Tyler Pitlick scoring his sixth of the year at the 5.04 mark of the second, and then at 8.26, Philadelphia goalie Samuel Ersan goes, oh, fuck. Happening for Saad. Missed him. Blay reaches. Got it down along the way. Saad and Blay try to knock it away. Three flyers all around him. They get it loose in front. There's the shot from Falk. Look for the stick of Saad. They couldn't connect. And it's right back to Blay into the slot. Falk shoots. He scores! Justin Falk! It'll be an even strength goal. This time he didn't pass it. He shot it. Guys, Justin Falk has been sensational for the last month or so. He's really, really... He Let me put it this way. He's played like a number one defenseman over the course of the last month. Both ends of the ice. He really has. And, I mean, I wasn't expecting this much offensive production from him as well, but it's working out. And also you have to give credit to Jordan Bennington. Um, he's won four of his last five starts, mm-hmm. so he's looking Over good 500 too. now. Yeah, especially since coming back from the suspension, you were kind of wondering how that was going to look and play out, and I think he's responded well. But... Guys, are they supposed to be winning right now? No. That's Do they not listen to the opening drive? No, they don't really <laughs> listen. I, I want. I think we're at the point now where, you know, it, it doesn't does it matter. I mean, are they pretty much, you know, s- set where they're going to be? It, yeah. it, it, I mean, they're not going to get any higher in in terms of getting closer to that that top three pick. It's you want to win games. You want to have confidence. And players want to play well. I, as a player, I never wanted to stink it up on the field. Mm-hmm. You, you want to play well. You want to perform well because you don't know what next year holds. The team would like a better draft pick. But as a player, you want to make sure you have job security going into years to come. Matthew Rocchio. So prior to that game, they, the lowest they could get was six. But they could still get that low. And right now they're still they're sitting in tenth. So, yeah. so I'm sorry, those two points... Not really useful right now. Yeah, right. You, you could have used not those two points. Maybe still yeah. maybe sit in that seven or eighth spot. It's again, it's only a, a difference of a few percentage points, but that could be the make or break when it comes to the lottery. Well, I mean, we are here. I mean, it, it, I mean, would you rather watch them lose the rest of the games or win? Uh, <laughs> lose. You want my honesty? <laughs> yeah, lose. I, I, want, I want the seventh spot. 
What, what's in the seventh spot? What do you? What it's do like you? Five percent better chance than the tenth spot at getting the first at jumping in the lottery. The so second you, overall pick. They have seventy nine points right now. Vancouver has seventy five. Philly is at seventy one. That would be. Right there. If you right in there. Philly could be at 73, we could be at 77, and all of a sudden it's possible to, to, to get down below Philly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a little bit more possible right there. Right just there. a little yeah. bit. They're, they're, not, points, they're not catching yeah. Arizona. Arizona Adam, is Adam trying Fantilli, really Michigan, hard. Yeah. Michigan Wolverines. Yep. <laughs> By the way, just to illustrate Justin Falk lately, first 60 games, he, was, he had eight goals, 23 assists. He was a minus 13. In his last 18 games... Uh, three goals, 13 assists for 16 points and a plus nine. So in his last month plus, he's gone from a minus 13 to a plus nine and he's minus four on the season. So he's had a really good run here. Congratulations to him. All right, the Cardinals. Uh, this was an interesting game. Early on, Stephen Matz kind of struggled. Austin Riley is pretty good. Already tracking the 40-40 potential. This one to left center. Did Riley do it again? Yes, he did. Stay hot, Austin Riley. Two-run homer, and the Braves, just like yesterday, jump on top of the first. And they also scored runs in the second and the third innings, and it was a 4-0 game early on, and you have to be concerned when you get behind so quickly, like the Cardinals have lately. Yeah, I mean, what is it about these first two innings with the starting rotation? Um, I mean, the one positive I will take away from Steven Matz, he did strike out seven, and he generated 15 swings and misses, so that is a positive. And the Braves lineup is really, really good, but I guess it kind of, when you lump it together with what we've seen lately, you do get a little concerned. We need one of those guys like they had starting last night. Oh, well, yeah, that would be good. A Dylan Dodd, oh, a, yeah. rookie. a rookie. Yeah, a young guy, huh, from yeah. the area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people Lefty. there. Lefty. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys there. Uh, one thing, Randy, if, if you want to be sunshine lollipops, right? Sunshine They're consistent. Your, 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 your starting pitcher, your opening day pitcher gave up 10 hits. Your fifth pitcher gave up 10 hits. So there there's some consistency there. It's not the consistency <laughs> we want, but it is nonetheless consistent. Right? It's dreary. It's dreary outside. Oh, it it's like, stormy. We just want to be your sunshine this yeah, morning. Randy, I don't know if you can tell what's going on out there. It looks... Uh, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this this is not sunshine lollipops and rainbows. Well, Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes disappears, dear, and I feel so it sounds like something like right before you're going to get killed like, <laughs> yeah. in a scary movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nighttime in St. Louis at 709. <laughs> this is un- well, this is, this is St. Louis. Oh, okay, is. so uh, the Cardinals did score a run in the fourth. Did I ask for this one? Arnauto uh, flies out with uh, two on. So you've got two out. Wilson Contreras singles home a run. Toward right. Long run Acuna. He's coming on. Ties in. He makes a trap. Contreras on his way to second. He's going to be out. But a run scores. We know catchers that don't run fast here in St. Louis. We've had a few of them. <laughs> and if you can't run fast, I don't imagine that you can run fast, please. Wilson, we love you. Especially against Acuna Jr. Ah, yeah. One of the best arms out there. Yeah. It wasn't hit deep enough for him to try that. That was a nice hit. But, uh, yeah. here, Randy, this is what happens when you're struggling there are people that try to do more mm-hmm. oh. a- a- as opposed to just doing your job. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a natural thing for an athlete. You, okay, I, I got it. I got to go. I got to do I got to be the one. I got to, you got the hit. Well. 
your run scored, stay on first base and let somebody else knock you over to first, uh, second or third. And like You would hope that would happen. But the Cardinals down 4-1, put two runners on in the fifth. Edmund flies out. Two runners on, two out uh, in the seventh after Juan Yepes flies out to bring up Brendan Donovan. And Donovan with a base hit. And we're going to talk about that in our next segment. And then in the eighth, two on, Contreras grounds out. So you had the tying run at the plate in the fourth, fifth, seventh, and eighth innings and never got a single run home. That's And by the way, the Cardinals were two of six with runners in scoring position. But you need to have timely hits. And this offense is going to be fine. It was just one of those nights. But if you want to pick out a reason why they didn't win this game, I would look beyond Stephen Matz, and I would look at the fact that they had the tying run at the plate four different times, and they never got a single run home. That's a problem. But I would, I I mean, Randy, you can, you can, I won't bypass the pitching. I mean, the, the, the starting pitching to start this year off has not been stellar. It needs to be better. It needs to be less hits. It needs to be more outs. It needs to be less balls going over the wall. And that, that, yep. Let's start there. But the, here's the thing. <laughs> Big picture, though, you allow four runs, you should be in the game. Yeah. In, in, in this with day this and offense, age, with they, this yes. day and age in baseball, with this offense, you should be in the game if the other team scores four. Let's not give up four that early, though. Spread it out throughout the entire game. If you're going to give up four runs in a game, let's not make it you know, two, three home runs in the first couple of innings, which has happened against this Braves team the last couple of nights. Yeah, and Atlanta very well could find themselves playing in the World Series. They're that good. They did it a couple of years ago, and they are absolutely loaded. So today the Cardinals will send Miles Michaelis to the mound against Elder of Atlanta, the uh, young right-hander Bryce Elder, 23 years old, 6'2", 220, will go against the Redbirds today in that game, scheduled for 12-15 over at the ballpark. Let's hope that they get it in because it is extraordinarily dark in St. Louis at 7 uh, 13 in the morning. Uh, the traffic uh, we'll get to, to in a moment, but let's start with the weather it's dark. <laughs> it is. It is very, very it's not, dark. You are it's correct. Not, it's not Ominous. Good. No, it's kind of oh. just yeah. A few lightnings. Okay. There, there were geese in the parking lot. I uh, had to slow down a little bit. Uh-huh. They are. Yeah. They are there. We have it's, nesting geese here. In our yeah, it's yeah. it's a little crazy yeah. out here. It's uh, as scary as it is. You guys want me to take the jet oh, copter? Up? Uh, be yes. safe up there. Okay. Oh, be safe. Let me get it warmed up. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, hey, if you're out and about. If you're in the St. Louis metro area, turn your lights on, first of all. The automatic lights might not be working, so turn your lights on. Uh, east and westbound, Olive and Creve Corps, looking good, looking clear, looking like you're going to be able to get to work. Let's look at uh, east and westbound, 270. Okay, we're, we're doing good there. North and southbound, 270. we got all four directions on 270, and we're looking good there. Uh, let me let me throw it down to Matthew, who's down in the studio. Matthew, what do you got for something on the uh, on the computer there? Uh, yeah, Captain Character, any chance you can go down to Bush Stadium? Do they already have the tarp out? Uh, let's see. We'll make a quick move down there. Okay, we get over Bush Stadium. Lights are on. Tarp is on the field smart, at Bush smart, Stadium. Smart. So we're hoping to, to get this in. And by the way, as we went down uh, 64, crystal clear for you as you make your way downtown for the game today, or to Clayton if you're working today. <laughs> Nobody works downtown anymore. I'm Captain Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN Jetcopter 2. That was quite a trip. That's a scary uh, trip today. It's, it's, it beat. I'm glad you got down safely. Did you see uh, that? There's a goose uh, that just like, there was like yeah. I, I thought it was a piece of debris yeah. that just got thrown around our window like it's the Wizard of Oz out there. It's, it's, uh, it's the, it's debris, they heard you talking, and they were like, like oh, you're talking about it. I like, oh, like Debra. 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 
Debris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not debris. There's a piece Debra. of Debris yeah, man, outside. Matthew is used to birds flying into his window. I don't know if we told this Sorry, story. Sorry, Decker, that better? Can you give us the vulture story in one minute? Oh, God. Uh, yes, yeah, so we were on the way to uh, Louisville to watch uh, Creighton oh. play San Diego State in the Sweet 16. And... We are as we're driving down through the middle of nowhere, just out of nowhere. What um, state are you in? Um, we were still we were in uh, Southern Indiana okay. before we crossed down to down to Louisville uh, over Evansville. We're right next to Evansville, and just in the passenger seat, we're in the right lane, and a bird just slams directly into the windshield and completely caves it in. It shoots <laughs> oh. glass onto both me and the driver. I mean, uh, she she we've been picking little pieces of glass like out of our hand and our arm. Like a week later, still just like, oh hey, that little part of my arm that hurts right there. Oh, there's a piece of glass still. That's yeah, that's so that ruined our little uh, trip to the Sweet Sixteen. And as Keith Morrison might ask, was the bird all right? No, that thing was that thing had to be dead because the <laughs> amount of be. the bird that was left on the windshield. Oh my god! Ho, 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 Did you have baby. to pull the bird out? <laughs> no, but there was feathers and other okay. and other parts so the, of the, the bird. Main bur- the main the the body of the bird was no longer. No, that, th- that I mean, it, again, we were going, we were going, you know, seventy miles per hour one way, and the bird came directly at us the other way. There's no I way it survived that. This is my opinion. I think sometimes those animals have they have suicidal thoughts. Oh, like, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> like this is it. Yeah. I'm done. You're you're the vulture, yeah. and uh, Mrs. Vulture just hatched like seven eggs. <laughs> I'm my. What the hell? My life's over. <laughs> I'm gonna find a Buick. <laughs> Took it. Abs- I mean, I I had the center council of the thing with you know where where you, where you got you know your your uh, all the lights and your your garage door open and everything mm-hmm. like that. You where you control the sunroof. All of that was in my lap. Oh, wow. That's how wow. hard the bird hit the windshield. It was completely ruined the trip. It sucked. And the, and then Creighton lost. Hey, we had some drama last night outside the game with the Cardinals and the uh, and the Braves. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. This one is over the glove of Albies. O'Neal coming home. And the tag is applied. And he is out. Ronald Acuna. A great throw on a hop. Tyler O'Neill provided some questions for the viewing public last night as he rounded third and headed for home and was thrown out at the plate. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Okay, first, at first blush, what did you think of the play? Here's uh, Let me give you my thoughts. I think when Tyler O'Neill plays baseball, whether it's in center field or whether it's running the bases, I think he makes a business decision every single day for his injury history. Mm-hmm. I think he's playing to not be pulling hamstrings. I really do. I think when I saw that happen, I wondered what the what in the world was he doing? <laughs> Why was he trying that? Um, I didn't think it was a particularly good decision, uh, but we talked about it earlier. He's being told by his third base coach to go. So if you're being told by your coach to go – then you should go. The only issue that I have is he's not going. And I said this a couple of days ago, maybe last week, a couple of weeks ago. He doesn't look like he's running particularly well, almost like his hamstrings are tight or something mm-hmm. on him. Back, lower half is not is not functioning in the manner that it needs to for him to run at full speed. Even in the outfield, he doesn't he looks stiff. So 
I don't know if it's a hamstring, if it's a back, whatever it is, something is preventing him from full speed running, and that is why he was able, why he was thrown out at home uh, yesterday. I my first reaction was it looked like there was kind of like a little of confusion or delay because there's been plenty of times where we've talked about in the past Tyler O'Neill's speed. We know that he's really fast, and I know that you have that injury history. But to me, I just thought that there was confusion happening because one. You had what happened earlier with Wilson Contreras, mm-hmm. with Ronald Acuna Jr. handling that. And also, you know who Ronald Acuna Jr. is. I don't think I would run on him, honestly. And so it looked to me like O'Neal had his back turn and maybe he wasn't going to go full out. But then Warner is telling him to go, essentially. You can see him in like some other replays and videos like sending him. And I think that that's what the delay was a little bit. Because maybe in O'Neal's mind, he's like, okay, maybe Warner's seeing something I don't see. And maybe we should make this play. Maybe that there's something that's going on out there. But to me, that's what that delay looked like a little bit. But at the same time, it just looked like a lot of different confusion that was happening. <laughs> and I think you do have to take into account, you know, Tyler O'Neill's injury history as well. Well, my thing is he's – if two outs, ball hit, you should be running full speed. And if you're running full speed in that moment and your coach tells you to go, he's probably gauging it off of you being a, a full speed runner. If he tells you to stop, it's going to be a hard stop, but you're going to have be able to stop in enough time to get back to third base. It just doesn't look like he's running full tilt to me, and that is the problem. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, though. You could get the bases loaded, and then you'd have Tommy Edmond would be the next guy up, right? Uh, that would be correct, yes. Let me do, just double-check for you here, but I believe you are absolutely correct. I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not upset with, with him being sent home. I'm probably more upset with him not running as fast as I know he can run. because, And I think that's when you're looking at what Ali is upset about, that's what it is as well. He's not running full speed. Tyler O'Neill at full speed makes that a much closer play than being out by a mile. He was out by three, four, five steps. If he's running as fast as he as fast as he can, he even takes a peek over his left shoulder to see what's going on, which he also shouldn't yeah. be doing. He should just be running and looking at who's ever at home plate to tell him, get down, slide, stand up, you're good. He needs to be running as fast as he can, and he's not. And he might be. That's the thing. We don't know. If he's in, Well, that's the other thing. If he's injured, then he is running as fast as he can. Yep. So... It's one or the other. And Either by the he's way that, hurt or he's not, and he's just not hustling. And that did not come up last night in the post game. Here's what Ali Marmol had to say. Yeah, we got a lot of guys playing really hard. That's not our style of play as far as the, the effort around in the bag there. Um, it's unacceptable. Bottom line is that's not his judgment. That's why we have a coach standing over there. Your effort's uh, 100% until you're told not to. So... My take is that it was a business decision. I don't believe the guy is injured, but I believe the guy, and I can understand this, would be concerned about getting injured by going all out. I think he's sore. I think he's tight. It, they, I've seen I've seen Tyler O'Neill. There is a thing when you open up and really mm-hmm. run, you run, and he's not opening up and running. Should the manager know that? If he's yeah, but if you're not telling him that, mm-hmm. I can I've watched him and I said it a couple of weeks ago. There's something wrong with him in terms of him not either not not wanting to or not I don't know what that was yeah. <laughs> not wanting to run all out or or not able to run all out. It's one or the other. I don't know which one it is. Here's O'Neill's response. Is there something about facing a guy? Number three here. 
he was pretty blunt about it. He didn't think I gave the best effort. Um, um, you know, I'm out here every day grinding my grinding my ass off. Um, you know, giving it my all and uh, trying to stay on the field for 160 games out here. So, um, you know, like I said, I just got to get a better jump next time, and, and I guess you know, just get around get around the base a little quicker, and um, you know, be in there next time. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to trying to score that round, of course. You know, um, not out there to dog it at all. Um, you know, those are pretty pretty strong words from him. So that's um, good to know. He's running as fast as he as he feels he can. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that just told me. He wants to play 160 games. He wants to be able to make it through the entire season and make it to the off season and get paid. He's he's he doesn't trust himself to open it up and not get hurt. That's what that was. That's what he just said. So this is my this is my question to this too. Is does the risk of waving him around did that match the potential reward? Oh, totally. Yes, it, because if he scores, all of a sudden it's four two. And you got, got runners on second and third. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm finding a single potentially brings yeah. both of those guys in. Yep. Well, they probably have pinch run. For and you. what, what for, he's uh, thinking is okay. The, for from, I think it's different for the Cardinals and the and O'Neill Brook because for O'Neill, like he said, I'm trying to play 160 games. If he pulls a hammy, even if it's in a win, it's it hurts him. But for the Cardinals, they've got extra outfielders. They're going to get uh, New- Lars Newtbar back. Yep. They win a game that, you know, you never know. With as many teams make the playoffs now, you could miss by a game. And if that's the run that costs you a, a playoff spot, then that hurts. He's afraid to open up and run. That, 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 because he's hurt that hamstring. That's what I told you. When, you. when you pull a hamstring, even when the doctors tell you you're okay to go, it still feels like there is no way I'm going to be able to run full speed and it not rip or pull or tear again. I'm not an athlete, but I talk about sports a lot. This word to the wise athlete, never show them 100% because then they'll expect it. No, yes. oh, right. no way. Randy. Yes, there are some there people. There we ready. go. Listen, uh, it's, it's kind no. of like it's kind of no. like a group project, no. project right? No, 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 don't you? There are children <laughs> listening right now. Don't you dare! I don't. There are, oh, that was trauma for that was traumatic. I, I dealt with kids that had that mindset. If I don't give them a hundred, then they because once I give them a hundred, they know I can do it. Okay, I, I've done four. 40 years oh of radio with that God. attitude. No! No! <laughs> no! Ask Uncle Randy is coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergrain, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. It is time for Ask Uncle Randy, and this is the time the new relationships start to bloom. It's springtime. We're closing in on prom, right? And uh, there's just so much excitement in the air. Maybe you've you've met the long, young lass of your dreams, and uh, maybe you've reconnected with somebody that you never thought that you would connect with. Well, love is in the air, and maybe you'll just find that you'll maybe you'll find that soulmate. You never know when that person is going to arrive. So, how do you treat the relationship? That's why Uncle Randy is here. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! If you would like to ask Uncle Randy here part harmony, on 101 ESPN. It, it's spectacular. It We're is. like the Eagles. <laughs> Who's, who, who, who is the... Uh, so, Henley Fry. I want to know who the Joe Walsh is of this group. Uh, it's probably Rocky. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that makes sense. Okay. Only Eagles I know play in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. They're pretty yeah, good. They are. They're pretty good. Did I tell you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so, when my, uh, Rocky's shaking his head. I, teach you about these classic I, rock bands. ACDC. Uh, okay. Uh, Metallica. Uh, Nirvana. You're learning. I, I know them. I just don't know any. Maybe I do know an Eagle song you know, if I you hear know an Eagle song. Uh, though. Yes. Hotel California. Oh, Hotel California. Yeah, that's them. That's what we yeah, yeah, I do know them. They got a okay. lot of good songs. All right, all right, uh, Matthew. What do you got on the old text line? Uh, short between Uncle Randy. Should I give a hundred percent at work? Absolutely not. <laughs> Randy, we're going to get sued. Here's the thing. Someone is going to say, the opening drive told me not to do this. And they're going to look at us and we're going to be like, ah, what? What? I just. I don't know that they can sue us for that. We're we're, we're, not here. I I just think is. (laughs) And we we need to learn this at a younger age. Oh, oh my God. See, the the, the thing is, is if you provide your employer your very best and they see it and recognize it then all of a sudden they expect it every day but if you give 90 and then you have that day where you give 95 they say wow what a great day you had but they don't (laughs) you just don't want to build up their expectations keep the baseline low yeah yeah so carrie you 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 played with guys like that, right? You played with guys. That, right, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I've known guys, coached guys, uh, you know, don't give full effort all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it drives me as a coach absolutely insane. I could imagine. Especially when be, I know yeah. you can do it. Yeah. You should do it every time. This is my personal opinion. Dear Uncle Randy, my fiance and I are both golfers. Is it appropriate to book a golf day on our honeymoon? 100%. Yes. If you're both golfers... And you both enjoy getting out on the course? Absolutely. I, I would be I'd be bothered if you didn't. And I would think that your bride or husband to be would feel the same way. Now, I think it's fair 
to say, hey, where do you want to play golf on our honeymoon? But couch it that way. Don't say, do you want to play golf? Just It's where do you want to play golf on our honeymoon? Brooke? Yeah, and make it like a nice, <laughs> nice destination as well. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of other things to do as well, unless you guys just like golfing. But there's a lot of places that have like spas as well, resorts. Would you be cool? You're getting married soon. Would you I be... don't golf, so I would not be well, cool with that. What about personally. tennis, though? Would, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to play tennis? Except my fiance doesn't play tennis, okay. so we're not doing either one of those Well, things. no, you can play tennis, and then you can just drill him in tennis. Yes. No, yeah. he he's the type where if he isn't good at it he refuses to do it oh, so man. he will he will not get on a tennis court with me he doesn't yeah probably be a little bit frustrated but what you're saying is i should say that's what i want for my honeymoon right nice. for a honeymoon or for a gift is that he has to do that so that i guilt him into it yes okay that's great advice good way to start a marriage good question, uh, good question. <laughs> dear uncle randy never had much luck with the ladies but there's a girl i like problem is i'm almost positive she doesn't like me in the same way should i make a move when our group hangs out tomorrow or introduce her to my cousin who she'd be a good match with uh, oh, no, you, no. <laughs> you down bad my friend down yep. bad you make your best play here that's the the way you do it. If you're interested in her, and you never know when you're going to be surprised by somebody who does have interest in you. So yeah, you go make your best play. And it can be sly. It can be something that um, it, it can be understated and grow into something. But yeah, just make a play. You don't have to be over the top. Brooke, your so advice. Why is the cousin involved in this? No, the, he's, he's being, the they... guy's being shy. Yeah. He's saying okay. the, the cousin is a perfect well, match. Then, but yeah, no, he needs to go that. First yeah. of all, he needs to go for it, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so tell me Come about on. your you're the item of his affection. Yes. Do you want him to make a what kind of play do you want him to make when the group is together tomorrow? The well, I mean, if you actually want her right then you don't introduce her to other people exactly. and say yeah. that's you just don't do that you look confident you look like okay i'm my focus is on you because then it's going to send her mixed messages because maybe she's on the fence about you or is wondering if you have a crush on her and she's like oh well he doesn't want anything to do with me i mm-hmm. guess he just wants me to meet his cousin yeah. right i yeah, mean that's just how that's gonna go yeah just find a way to have a conversation sit next to her hey how you doing how's it going you good just talk yeah, talk. Find out about her background. Find yeah. out about her, you know. You'll be okay. Her younger days. Yeah, uh, listen, you got a, a 50-50 chance. I like those odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every you just man, have to be confident. Every man has been told no, you know, at some point. Now I'm good. I don't like you. I want to talk to you. Okay, cool. I got to wash my hair that night. Yeah, I got to do something. It's happened. <laughs> that has happened. It has happened. Yesterday, I will say somebody did shoot their shot at me yesterday at Whole Foods. There you go. So I was, I went and got some food and I bought some flowers because I was like, oh, that's, you know, I just want to have some flowers in the house. I was by myself. And then I go to, you know, check out and the price all of a sudden went down on my groceries, like, no, like by a $10, I would say. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I'm not going to say anything though because maybe he made a mistake. He bags all my groceries, the cashier, and then he holds the flowers and he's like, these are on me. And oh, I was like, oh. oh you, nice. What do you think of the play, well though? Yeah, I know you're engaged, but what do you think of the play? Well I mean, done. it was really confident, but also I don't know if workers at Whole Foods are supposed to do that. But I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> to... It's kind of like a bartender that gives you a free drink. But confidence usually works. I will agree with that. Yeah. Hey, Uncle Randy, Cousin Carrie, and he says and, but I'm going to go with Cousin Brooke. I have a two-year wedding anniversary coming up in July, and I was wondering if you have any idea what I should get my wife. Two years should be pretty easy. Yeah. 
Okay? <laughs> I would suggest that you say, what would you like for your anniversary present? But uh, there's myriad directions you can go. Let's see what the official two-year anniversary present is, shall we? Yeah, I but, was looking to see. Uh, but jewelry is always Jewelry good. is always a Copper. good way to go. It depends on... Cotton. What? Yeah, I said copper. Sheets. No, oh, cotton. Oh, it's actually cotton? Okay. The traditional cotton. second anniversary gift what? is cotton. Hey, hey. You know what? Some nice Time Egyptian count what are sheets. We doing here? I like this. Count I like this. this. <laughs> Some... You spent a, I Carrie, just reading you what Google says. You spent a 30 year life sleeping. So you want a, a shirt? No, no. You get <laughs> them nice sheets. Better than cotton balls. Ah, what are we doing here? <laughs> here, I got cotton you these Q tips for our second anniversary. Oh, uh, man. So, okay. This list so, needs to be updated. Okay. Uh, there are so many directions you can go. I, uh, let me just give you four or five. I don't know what your life situation is right now, but. Two years is a good time to get a puppy if you don't have a puppy in the house. Okay, you're you're pretty committed here, and it's always good to have a dog in the house. If you don't, or if you have one, it's not a bad idea to go with a puppy. Carrie Davis mentioned jewelry. Uh, I don't know how uh, healed you are, but a car would be a good two-year anniversary present if she is in the market for a new vehicle. You can That's never go expensive. Wrong with it. Yeah, but it's something that she, she you got to have it anyway. If she's in the market for a new vehicle, you can never go wrong with a, a vehicle. Uh, whatever your hobby is, try to bring her under your umbrella. If you are a golfer, if you're a tennis player, if you like to jog and she doesn't, try to do something where you can do things together. And then you can never go well you can go wrong but let me just throw it out there as a possibility as a surprise trip that's what i was going to say a trip he said they have three dogs so a okay, dog dogs probably, are good dogs are good yeah. okay yeah. uh i i would suggest that a nice uh, trip somewhere. yeah a surprise trip uh make sure her work schedule is clear yes make sure she has the time off make sure there is nothing you know impending in her schedule that is going to prevent her from actually enjoying the trip and not working while you're on the trip that that would be the the move good question all right uh matthew do you have one more good one you want to take care of i think this is a perfect one uncle randy my neighbor's oak tree drops these round disease balls in my yard i've been using my nine iron and shipping back over the fence my wife told me to stop that it's not neighborly what do i do i would say if it helps your golf game yeah keep working on the short game keep working on it it's their tree (laughs) Well, yeah, I know your lawnmower is going to pick it up, but there's nothing wrong. Now, I might be looking at the approach or maybe the 60-degree wedge, but that's just me. <laughs> but yes, I am going to uh, I'm going to keep chipping. I'm going to try to improve my golf game and clean up my yard at the same time. If the branches are hanging over on your side. Their tree, your side. You can cut the branches. Correct. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, not, a, that's if, not neighborly. Well, if you if it's a if it's a, a nuisance. Yeah, but that's a discussion you have to have with the neighbor first. Well, okay. So, but but chipping them back <laughs> over the fence is not a discussion you should well, have. That's they they've got a bunch of them in their yard right? okay. anyway. All right. Right. Well. So I'm just looking at it that way. There was I'm, on the, I'm on the HOA of my uh, neighborhood, Randy. Some of the conversations that we have are. Is I'm on the board. It's, hmm. it's not peaceful. It's not, there, we, there are, it's yeah. not very neighborly at times. I'll just say that. I know that I pay an HOA bill, but I really don't know what my HOA does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had one more, Matthew, you wanted to get in there? Yeah, somebody says, Dear Uncle Randy, my 12-year-old son was in the car. How do I now work back that whole don't give 100% thing you said <laughs> You don't him? rock that back. You make that a, oh a hallmark. No! You make that a tenet of that no! young person's life. No. No. 
No, do not. Carry young person, 12-year-old, going to school. Give 100% and give your all and be great at it. Carrie, I showed you... <laughs> Somehow, some way, I, I, I got a transcript from high school. I've shown it to you, right? You've you seen did it. show it to me. But I'm doing okay. You are. But you, you gave your 100%, Randy. Which is about 85. <laughs> <laughs> it was your 100%. It was the capacity that you could reach. <laughs> now, what it was for everyone else is different. My 100% is kind of like the Eric Gregg strike zone. It's just different than everybody there else's. There you go. There you go. It Come was on. your 100 Coming up, we've got to take it or leave and get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Thanks for your questions on Ask Uncle Randy on this hump day on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. We do welcome your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. It's time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. And right now, we get started. Uh, Carrie, Brooke, Matthew, Take It or Leave It, Tyler O'Neill is a cardinal after the trade deadline. Oh, I'm going to leave that. Leave that. I'm going to leave it, too. I am probably going to leave it as well. I, I, you know, it's uh, that was that was some interesting comments from both parties last mm-hmm. night, and and some telling comments I think from both parties. Uh, so my my take it or leave it is is rock based. Rock, are you listening? You here? All right. So rock had a issue going to Louisville for the Sweet mm-hmm. Sixteen game. Vulture flew into the window. <laughs> he also went to Arizona and missed out on. <laughs> Jokic playing his favorite player. Take it or leave it. The vulture was actually better than missing out on Jokic. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. The vulture was worse. No. I had to drive. I had to drive on. I had to drive on a highway or sit in a car on a highway going like 55 miles an hour for like two with a hole. Was a hole in the window. With a yeah, caved in windshield. Oh, well, okay, that was worse. It was worse. But you I, were I got to watch so three Hall of Famers. You were so excited to go see. Uh, Jokic, I, I, that's part of the. So you know the NBA has, uh, they're planning on, they made these rule changes where 65 games, you got to play at least 65 to be a uh, win awards. So mm-hmm. hopefully going forward, people like myself or Rock that travel out of town for basketball games won't have to miss out on their favorite players. Guys, it looks for all the world, by the way. Like Phoenix and Golden State are going to play in the first round. It does. KD hasn't been back to uh, Golden State, I don't think, since he's been traded. Yeah. Or since he signed as a free agent to Brooklyn. All right, take it or leave it. I'm going to also do a Tyler O'Neill one as well. There is something deeper going on than what happened specifically with that play last night with Tyler O'Neill and Ali Marmol. Brooke, I've got to take that. There is something that is, if you have a solid relationship before the game with that player, you don't say that after the game. I'll I'll take it also. Like I said, I think Tyler O'Neill is, I don't, 
sandbagging isn't the correct word because that sounds terrible. But he is saving himself because he wants to play an entire season. He said it. I want to play 160 games. Why do I want to play 160 games? Because that will get me paid in the offseason. And I will have more opportunities to play every single day and have better numbers. And so... And, and to help the team win. It's not completely selfish. It's part of it's all of it. So but he he's not going to if he's not willing to or not able to do all of the things that are required to to play his best or play at the highest level, it's not really beneficial for himself or the team. Right. But it's just it seems I think too if you look at just the history of it all, the arbitration where O'Neal had the comments about that, it just seems like there's a lot of tensions there. I, you would thought beforehand after the way that you know Tyler Neal kind of spoke about the arbitrations and how you know how tense that whole experience was, and then now you have this happen. It's like okay, it seems like there's definitely something going on between O'Neill, the Cardinals organization, and now it's becoming more public. I just never. I'm always under the even though I'm media, and of course it gives it gives us something to talk about, right? I'm just always under the belief of your post game should never be bigger than the game itself. I, I, that, I think that's a really good if, if you are a professional sports organization That is a good approach to take uh, One quick one before we get to the text Take it or leave it The best approach to life Was delivered By Average <laughs> Joe's Peter LaFleur I'm curious Is it strictly apathy Or do you really not have a goal in life I found that if you have a goal That you might not reach it But if you don't have one then you are never disappointed. <laughs> and I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Take it or leave it. That's the best approach to life. I'm going to leave wow. it. I'm going to have to leave that. Never disappointed. Wow. I'm going to have to leave that. There are really people that I, I do envy some people that just go through life and not a care in the world. Like just like everything will work out somehow, some way. It's something special about those type of people that I just don't have in me. But I, I, <laughs> Come on, man. You got you to gotta have goals. All right. Uh, by the way, t- take it or leave it. It is weird to be sitting at 8 o'clock in total darkness. And We're it's raining. Yeah. We're in darkness in the studio. Yeah, we turn the, we lights, turn off. the lights off. And it's pouring down raining outside. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Welcome, yeah. welcome to St. Louis. I think I'm going to go home and take a nap yeah. after work. Uh, Matthew, what do we got on the text line? Uh, take it or leave it. If you're in the fast lane driving under the speed limit, you're a problem. I'll take that. Yeah. Oh, take it all day. Under especially, the speed limit? Especially Under. going out of town. Now, if it's raining, I'm okay with it. But still, get over. Yeah, right. Like, Stay in the rain. get over. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I agree with that. Can I tell you guys, and Brooke, I, tell me this. I, when I would drive back and forth on a regular basis from Peoria, my daughter went to Bradley, mm-hmm. I found that 90% of the tailgaters were women. What? I thought it was really interesting. I would have never thought that that would because we're testosterone we laden, we're aggressive. Go. Man. My don't get fired sign. Yeah, I, 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 I was really surprised by that. Just keep that up, I, that, That's interesting. I, I will say it is a little confusing to me. I feel like I've seen it more in St. Louis than in other places where people just hang out in that left lane and just go yeah. the speed limit mm-hmm. and are just so unaware. If somebody's riding my butt. I think I'm going to notice it, right? Right, get over, right? They're like, get over. Like, why are you no, still think, just chilling there? They think that's there? their lane. They, they want you to get over yeah. and go around. Right. But no, it's like, that's right. not how that works. Not at all. I, and what it's meant I, I just, for. I've reached a point, and by the way, I used to be a jerk, okay? I'm, I, on Did the you road, road I, I, I used to be a jerk, yeah. Uh, now, I think, you know what? It's way more important to you, clearly, than it is to me. So I just get over and let them drive. All right, next one, Matthew. 
Uh, take it or leave it. Marmol and Mosellock have philosophical differences about Tyler O'Neill. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that. I think if if they were all on the same page, I think they probably would have signed O'Neill to an extension after the 34 home run season. Mm-hmm. I, and by the way, he's a Scott Boris client. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he'll land here for the long term. I don't think that they're ever... Once he hit the 34 home runs as a Boris client, I think they probably knew that he had a foot out the door. 100%. I, I mean, especially after with what happened last night, guarantee you that there has been some phone call had between Boris and O'Neill oh, yeah. about this. Right. About Good like, point. okay, all right, it's time to move on. Let's get one more, Matthew. Um, take it or leave it. O'Neill will have a really good career in Anaheim or LA, wherever the Angels play. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'll take that. I think that's a good spot think for he's him. He's going to Anaheim? Yeah. Anaheim. Careers go to pass on? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> one time the Cardinals got a player, Randall Gritchick, who's still bouncing around. I think he's with the Rockies. He was drafted ahead of Mike Trout by the Angels. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? By the way, uh, I will have you know. Randall. Yeah. Uh, hold on here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, if you want to uh, do one more, uh, Matthew, I'm going to, I'm going to find something. Oh, uh, if you want to do it. Um, yes, I have another one. Sorry. Okay. No problem. I know I'm, spo- I'm, I'm supposed to do a better job. Like uh, no, I'm going to take you behind the curtain here, kids. Uh, so we get performance reviews and my performance review the other day said, Hey, do a better job on the clock. I'm not doing a better job on the clock. <laughs> Take your leave of Tyler O'Neill is not in the lineup today. Mm, I'm gonna I'll leave, leave that. I'm going to leave that. We're uh, In the words of Mike Tomlin, we'll punish him. We won't punish us. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Um, okay, I just want to uh, I want to tell you about a draft, okay? The Major League Baseball draft. And it's not the Gritchick draft. It's a better draft than that. And it's not a better draft. It's a worse draft. What am I talking about? Uh, Walker Bueller was taking, taken with the 24th pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. One spot behind Nick Plummer, who was taking, taken 23rd by your St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Nick Plummer goes 23rd to the Cardinals, and Walker Bueller goes 24th to the Doyers. Not great. Mm. Coming up, we want to touch more on what happened last night with Ali Marmol and Tyler O'Neill. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. This one is over the glove of Albies. O'Neal coming home. And the tag is applied. And he is out. Ronald Acuna. Going on contact. Um, you know, I thought I got a good jump off the bat. And, um, you know, I tried to make a tight turn. Uh, you know, Ronald just got a 
cannon of an arm out there. He mm-hmm. got me down, unfortunately. So, um, you know, it's got to be better next time. Got to try and get better jump. Tyler O'Neill on the heels of getting thrown out to end the seventh inning last night in the Cardinals 4-1 loss to the Atlanta Braves at the ballpark. It's 8.06, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and there was a lot that went into this, Brooke, in regards to the way that Tyler reacted, obviously, and that was just a very matter-of-fact reaction right there, but the way his manager reacted as well. I, I think so. I, w- I was very surprised by those comments because to me, my whole takeaway was, was that frustrating and could it possibly have changed the game? Yes, but I felt like there was a bigger story to the game in general. Um, it, to me, it looked like there was a lot of confusion out there as well, especially with Warner and O'Neill. Maybe there was some communication issues there, but I thought this quote was really interesting by O'Neill as well that he said afterwards, I've been working a lot on different run form mechanics here in St. Louis that puts me in a better position for longevity. Maybe there was a little too much thought process in the play for me rather than just go get him. I think that that's interesting because, you know, prior to that, prior to this past season or this past season, you know, they, you had the arbitration issues with O'Neill and the Cardinals and you could sense the tension. I really praised O'Neill for how kind of transparent he was about that because, you know, he, he admitted it was hard. You think that you can go in there and they tell you it's not personal and it is personal. You're going to hear a lot of personal things. And, but then he spent this off season here in St. Louis and it, according to him, it sounds like, Running was something that they were looking at as possibly an issue which has led to some of his prior injuries, such as a hamstring, which it seems like we've dealt with him with every single season. But looking at that play, to me personally, I saw that there was a miscommunication and maybe he thought that he shouldn't have done that, And but Warner is still sending him anyways. And then Ronald Acuna Jr., I think you also have to give credit to him. But right, you should right. never test his arm. I mean, Wilson Contreras did it earlier in the game and look at how that worked out for him and we're not even talking about Wilson Contreras you know and but we're talking about Tyler O'Neill so Ronald Acuna Jr. his arm is fantastic so you also have to give credit for him for making that play for me I, I didn't sit in on the arbitration meeting I don't know what words were spoken I am sure though that the injury past injuries came up in that meeting and the fact that you are not completely healthy every year, this is why we're not going to pay you X amount of dollars because you haven't shown the, the ability to stay healthy. And so as an athlete, okay, you don't want to pay me because of my health. Okay, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I stay healthy. Looking back, when have I hurt my hamstring? When have I gotten hurt? Oh, when I'm running full speed. Maybe dial that back a little bit. Maybe figure out a mechanic that will maybe feel like I'm running full speed or or give the impression, but I'm not opening it up and running as fast as I know I can because my hamstrings aren't strong enough to 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 handle that type of withstand that type of pressure every single day. So this is this is simply a, a player sitting in an arbitration meeting, being told that you're not healthy, you can't stay healthy, and him saying, Okay, well, I'm gonna stay healthy and there are gonna be some things that may suffer because of it. Like there are players that that Bob Sanders is a player that comes to mind. He only played the football the game one way. The, he, you could not pull him back, you could not dial him back, and he was always going to be hurt because he was going to run in there like a missile and take whatever player was in front of him out. 
he didn't know any other way. But mm-hmm. he also was a defensive player of the year. Right. So and, we, we, you can't have both with some people. Here's the way I look at the O'Neal situation, and it's it may or may not be unfair to him, but he has to think about what he's going to do before a play occurs. I, I get making that business decision to not risk pulling your hamstring as you're rounding third base and racing for home. But there, you have to balance self versus team at some point. If you're sitting on second base and there's a base hit to right, you have to say, okay, this is a game situation where I'm going to have to take this chance. Now, maybe he just maybe he doesn't want to take the chance in the fifth game of the season. Maybe that's maybe maybe he's saying, okay, it'll be a different story in August and September, but not in April. I don't know what he's thinking, but he does have to make those decisions. And clearly, our, our Ali Marmol was not happy with his decision. He has to make those decisions for the team and himself before the play occurs. If this was. October, I think he you'd have saw him running much mm-hmm. faster. I agree. That's just my personal opinion. It's not. It's it's April. He's got a long season ahead of him, and again, he's trying to figure out a way to not be injured because I'm sure that that was the topic of discussion in that arbitration meeting. You get injured a lot. Why would we pay you X amount of dollars when you're always on the IL? We can't afford or or we don't want to pay you that if you're not going to be playing in these games. I think that there, I still think that there is a balance of risk and reward as well. Some arms you do not test. Right, right, right. There's some arms you do not test. That was, and even O'Neill said. Not on, that's not on him, though. That's on, if, if you want to be upset about not testing the arm, then you talk to the third base coach because the third base coach is the one that sent yeah. him, and he sent him under the premise, under the mindset that this guy is hauling ass around third base, and he was not. And he wasn't so even close, by the way. The, this was not a close no, play. That's, it was the, not even that's close. the problem. It's it's. I'm sending him under the expectation that he's running as fast as he can because I know, being a coach, I can look at my players and say, he's not running. You're not running full speed. You're not giving me all that you have. I know because I watch you every day. I've seen you do it. In that moment, you don't want to test Acuna, but if you do, you're testing him because you believe that Tyler O'Neill is going to run as fast as he can to get around third base and make that play. Yeah, I, there's there, the thing is, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, and we don't even know the ins and outs of what's fully going on. We can we can assume a lot of things too about Tyler O'Neill and Ali Marmol. I just think those post game comments were not something Pretty that strong. I was expecting. Yeah. Especially from Ali Marmol, and I think that it shows, too, that there is something deeper going on here between O'Neal, Marmol. Maybe there is some philosophical differences on how that they think should they should approach things, because maybe in Tyler O'Neal's mind, just assuming this, he was thinking, okay, I thought that we this is the whole reason for me staying here this offseason so that we could get across there's a certain way that I need to approach things. Just like a pitcher needs to make adjustments to, you know, prevent injuries, further injuries from happening. Maybe O'Neal and he thought, and the Cardinals worked that out so that he could actually play a full, you know, I mean, a full season for once and not have hamstring issues. I just thought it was, it, it caught me off guard and it seemed to catch Tyler O'Neill off guard as well because I still, like I said earlier, under the belief post game should never be the story of the game. There was grander issues there, including starting pitching, which has been a big issue that we've seen not in just one game, but this entire, I mean, early part of the season. Right. That's today's fresh take. And uh, we will take your mic drops on this very. 
very subject coming up at 8.45. We want to hear what you have to think of Tyler O'Neill slowing down in the seventh inning last night as he approached home plate and he got thrown out by a mile by Ronald Acuna. But coming up next, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our friend, the Hall of Famer Bernie Federico, who joins us every hump day on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line now, and our friend, the Hall of Famer Bernie Federko, is standing by as the Blues on the heels of a victory over the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Get ready to take on Vladdy Tarasenko and the Rangers tomorrow night. Good morning, Bernie. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great, thanks. Good. You got, a, you got somebody there with you? <laughs> I do. I, I had to pick up my little granddaughter at, uh, at this morning, so she... She's still, we're, we're stuck in traffic, so she's still in the back seat. And she's very, very content, though. That's <laughs> awesome. That's good to hear. I love it. That's so sweet. Uh, well, I, I don't know if she also wants to answer this question, but maybe she's also excited about Jordan Kyrou's performance. I mean, six goals in the past six games. He's He's been looking pretty good. You know what? He always looks good to me. I think we've talked about that all season long. I mean, his numbers may not look that great as far as a save percentage and, and goals against, but uh, what he's done, I mean, he gives the Blues a chance to win each and every night, and I think that's the most important thing. And he was really, once again, the difference maker. As he seems to be, every time the Blues win a game, I think he's one of the difference makers. Hey, uh, speaking of Jordan Kyrou, the uh, the incident that him and Barubi had last week, what were your thoughts on that? I, I am a, I mean, Bernie, you played a long time, and you understand that your best players have to be coached the hardest for everyone else. What are your thoughts about that interaction and, and how that went down? Well, you know what, I, I don't think that there was really much of an issue there. I, I think that uh, in the heat of action all the time, Gary, you know that you can have coaches and you can have issues where, where coaches will say something and the guy doesn't really enjoy it. He's going to snap back. And uh, I mean, it's just, I think, just common nature. So I, I really didn't look at, at anything being any, any issue at all. I think it's just one of those things that sometimes happens and, and uh, you just have to go beyond it. And I think they both, I mean, Chief said it wasn't that big a deal, and that's what Jordan said the same thing. It wasn't a big deal. And uh, you just move on. You, Bernie, you're, you're 100% correct. You would be Most people would be surprised the conversations and the arguments that take place during games uh, between coaches, players, and players amongst each other. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's still going out there and trying to get the win. It is. And I think that, I mean, I think everybody, you know, with, with the way the season has gone this year, I think everybody's a little frustrated, obviously, and everybody wants to do more and, and be better. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times with the coaching staff, I mean, they're just trying to help out and trying to make the, the player a better better player. And, and sometimes, you know, the guys, I mean, you're trying your, your tail off and all of a sudden things aren't going well and you don't like having somebody yell at you either. So it's what it is. It's, it's just something that happens. And, and I think it's in every sport that it happens. And, and I think, unfortunately, with all the cameras that we have nowadays that uh, you can't really get away with anything because it's going to, be, it's going to show up somewhere and then, and then someone's going to make a comment about it. And, and I think it's, it's sometimes unfair for both the coaches – and the players, because it, I mean, we, it happened all the time, um, you know, in my day. And it's, uh, you just didn't see it because uh, there really weren't the cameras to, to, to pick it up. So uh, uh, I don't think anybody got anything out of it other than, 
<laughs> than the people that saw it on camera. And Bernie, and I'm not suggesting that this is what happened with Jordan Cairo the other day, but all due respect to Kerry Davis here, coaches are weird. And Mike Martz <laughs> used to yell at Trent Green through Kurt Warner. He, he would just eviscerate Kurt Warner, and he wasn't going to yell at Trent Green, so he yelled at the backup. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Trent Green was standing there listening to it. I know that Jacques Demers made an example of you just because you were the best guy on the team. And it was, it was a message to the team that was sent at the expense of Bernie Federico. That just happens sometimes with coaches. Absolutely. And, and you know what? A lot of times coaches know that they're not supposed to yell at Kurt Warner. So they, they're smart <laughs> enough to know that and yep. they're not going to do that. So they're, uh, otherwise, they're, Kurt Warner might not want to do exactly what to do. But I, I agree with that. Yell at Green. And uh, Kurt gets the message, too, as well. So I, I think that's really uh, kind of the, the thing that happens. And, and, and it's unfortunate sometimes, but uh, you just got to go with it. And, that, and that's kind of thing where that's what happens. <laughs> with Marco Scandella, obviously he's going to be, it was announced that he's going to be out the rest of the season. What does that mean for his future with the Blues? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, Marco has done a really good job with what he's had to do. I mean, he's been one of those guys that's brought in. I mean, he was a, a physical guy, big guy that uh, kills penalties, does does a lot of things. And unfortunately for Marco, he's gone through, you know, some injury problems. And I mean, I think the, the Blues are going to assess everything on this team. They're going to assess, obviously, the defensemen and and, and they're going to try to get better, obviously, for next year because we're not making the playoffs. Everybody in the situation that, hey, uh, we keep saying everybody's auditioning for the rest of the season. I'm, unfortunately for Marco now, uh, with the injury, he's out for the rest of the year this year. And, I mean, that hurts him, obviously, but going forward. But uh, that's going to be an evaluation, I think, from, from you know, upstairs, from, from Doug Armstrong to see what he wants to do. But I think Marco has obviously proven that he can play in the league and, and that he is a, is a, is a very sound defenseman uh, when he's healthy. And, and hopefully, um, you know, everything's going to work out for him. But, I mean, when you don't make the playoffs, uh, we all know the things that the changes are probably going to be made. What are the changes going to be? That's what we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, find out this summer. But I, I still think there's still auditions for the rest of this year, just the four games left. You know, we're seeing kids getting called up from the minors right now. They're getting opportunities and chances. So, We'll see how that pans out. But uh, uh, you know what? It, it's never uh, easy to not make the playoffs. And I think everybody is frustrated right now, and, and everybody wants to make sure that this is not going to happen uh, next year. And I think that's what, what, what the, the game plan is right now. Hey, Bernie, I want your opinion because I uh, I just get this sense. I think Marco Scandella would be a good guy to have on a good team, a good if he's healthy, a good third-pairing defenseman. In addition to being a good player, he's he appears to me to be the kind of guy you want in a dressing room, too. Yeah, I would say so, too. You know, Randy, I'm not in the locker room uh, an awful lot, but, but you know, especially during during the games and this and that. But, I mean, Marco is one of those guys that, that, that everybody likes. I mean, he's got a smile on his face all the time, and, and I think that because of that, uh, you know, you want to have guys around for that. So, um, you know, we'll see where, where he ends up, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that this team is, is, is very capable with just a few changes of being very, very good. Uh, again, I mean, I think that they're proving it down the stretch. Yes, they're playing against some teams that are, are not very good teams, and then they're be- but they're beating them, and I think that's what you have to do. I mean, the, the Flyers played well in the third period. The Blues kind of uh, sat back too much, which we've seen them do that a number of times this year, but I think most importantly, they, they beat the Flyers too, and I know a lot of people are concerned, oh, you know what, they're in a situation here where they shouldn't be you know, winning these games because it's, it hurts with the, you know, with what's going on with, uh, uh, you know, the draft and, and you're, you're, you're losing that position maybe. But uh, I, I, you, you can't tell guys to lose. I mean, everybody's going to go and, and, and if you're the better team, you should win. And I think that's 
something that, that needs to happen right now is the Blues need to continue to, to win the hockey games. Bernie, you, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is coming back tomorrow night. You are a player that played the majority of your career here, but you played your final season in Detroit. What was that moment like, and what is Vladimir going to expect or experience uh, when he comes back and plays against the Blues, the team that he's been a part of for so long? Well, you know what, this this fan base that we have here is, is absolutely unbelievable. I'm sure it's, you know, uh, everybody, every, uh, you know, team will say that, that, that we get the best fans in the world. Well, you know, I know from experience here that, that the response that I got, the ovation that I got when I came back was, was overwhelming. And, I, and you know, with Vladdy, I uh, was a big part of this organiz- organization for a long time. Uh, what, he scored 200 and what, I think 62 goals, I think we said last night, um, was a big part of the Stanley Cup championship. So uh, I think he's going to have a lot of nerves and he's going to be very, very excited. And I, I said that last night. I mean, he's going to come in here. Um, gung-ho, um, he's going to want to be the best player that he's ever been tomorrow night. <laughs> I expect him to him to be really excited about playing the game, but I'm sure that they'll have a really nice uh, 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 presentation on, on, the, on the Jumbotron, and I'm sure it's going to get him more excited, and I'm sure it's going to get even his teammates more excited about playing the game. But uh, these are the, the special things that happen uh, when you're a part of an organization for, for quite a while. And, and I think that, that Blatty is going to have a, a heck of a reception. I think he's going to be nervous. But I think, again, he's going to be very, very elated when it's all said and done. Does it get any better than hanging out with your granddaughter? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Never going to be better than that. <laughs> Never going to be better than that. Bernie, we love you. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. You guys have a great day. You too. That is the Hall of Famer, Bernie Federico, on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, I think we've got a new fighter. But we need a fighter. So text in (laughs) the word fight to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. If you would like to fight me, just you text in the word fight, and maybe Matthew will choose you as the fighter here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, Average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter, a new fighter today, is uh, Brad. Brad, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing all right, Kerry. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you ready to take on Megamind? And and hopefully, I mean, we had a Hall of Famer last time. Maybe you can start a new streak. We'll see. I don't know. A little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. well, Well, here we go. On this day in 1982, which Cardinals reliever pitched an inning and set the MLB record for pitches Excuse me, let me start over. On this day in 1982, which Cardinals reliever pitched an inning and set the MLB record for pitchers with his 24th consecutive season in the majors? Is it Phil Necro, Jim Cott, or Steve Carlton? Uh, let's go, let's go Steve Carlton. Who is the only active Major League Baseball player with four more AL-NL batting titles? DJ LeMahieu? Jose Altuve or Miguel Cabrera? I'm sorry, Brooke. Can you repeat the question? Yeah. No, sorry. Who is the only active Major League Baseball player with four more AL NL batting titles? Do you need the options again? Yeah, options. Yeah. DJ LeMahieu, 
Jose Altuve, or Miguel Cabrera? Miguel Cabrera. Which NBA legend holds the record with 10 individual scoring titles? Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Wilt Chamberlain. Only three different Blues have scored more than 50 goals in a regular season. Brett Hull, Brennan Shanahan, and who else? Is it Doug Waite, Wayne Babich, or Mark Hunter? Uh, what was the second option? Wayne After Babbage. Doug Waite, Doug Wade, mm. Wayne Babbage, Mark Hunter. Uh, sure. Uh, second one. Wayne Babbage, I guess. All right, we'll double check those scores. We'll bring in Randy Carricker. Brad, how you feeling? Uh, not too, not too good. Not too good. We'll, we'll see. Hope I got lucky. I mean, you got a, you got hockey, you got baseball, you got yeah, a basketball. Bit of everything. You, we any, did. Any of those sports in particular your favorite? I like hockey the most. Okay. I'm pr- pretty good with that. All right. Baseball, Tom. We'll see how it goes. Say hello to Randy. Say hello to Brad. Brad, good morning. How you doing? Doing all right. Just driving to work in the rain on 364. It's, uh, it's going all right. How are you? Good. Is there traffic out on 364? <laughs> no, I, ha- I have to go 364 because 70s just like fill with wrecks. Oh, yeah. Be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be safe out there. 364, yeah, I told right. you. That wind gets to blowing crossing that oh, bridge. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. It feels like you're going to yeah. be safe. All right. On this yeah. day in 1982, <laughs> which Cardinals reliever pitched an inning and set the MLB record for pitchers with his 24th consecutive season in the majors? I would go with that being Jim Kitty Cott. Nick, good nickname, right? Kitty Cott. He actually uh, has given me life advice. And Jim, Kitty is 82, 83 now. Really? And looks fantastic. He does. I didn't know. 82? Yeah, 82, 83. Really? And uh, his life, uh, not life, but one of the things that he did when he was playing, got him to be uh, 24 years, 25 years in the majors. Uh, he said, Randy, he said, bicycles and bananas, that'll keep you going. <laughs> he ate bananas and he rode bikes. And that's oh. what I tried to do. He eat bananas and ride bikes. He gave 100% every time? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the Hall of Fame, though. Congratulations. We love him. Who is the only active Major League Baseball player with four more AL and NL batting titles? Right now, active player that has four or more. AL or NL titles. NL. Batting titles, excuse me. Um, four of them. I don't think McNeil from the Mets has four. I think I'm going to go with Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers as the guy. Uh, simply because I can't think of anybody else that would be even close. So, I, uh, you know, like Mike Trout doesn't do that. I'm just trying to think of the best hitters. So I'll, I'll just, I'll go with Cabby. I know he has at least one because he won a triple crown. All right. Which NBA legend holds the record with 10 individual scoring titles? 10 of them. You would think that that would be Wilt of the Stilt. Because he was dominant in his day. I don't think Kareem did it with all the points. I Has LeBron led the league in once? I think LeBron's led the league in scoring one time. I don't think Michael did 10. Michael didn't play enough to do 10. 
So I'm going to go with the Big Dipper, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Only three different Blues have scored more than 50 goals in a regular season. Brett Hull, Brendan Shanahan, and who else? The first guy to do it, 54 goals in 1980-81. Wayne Babich was the first. Sadly, his career ended because of a fight where he got his shoulder torn up. His career didn't end, but I mean, he was never the same after that. Mm. Uh, wait, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite guys. Kid line, Sutter, Federico, Babich. Great line. Wayne Babbage, final answer. We have a winner in today's fight, and this was a close one. Does Randy have to deal with somebody going on another Hall of Fame run, or are we just riding off into a sunny, a sunny day? Sunny, a sunny day, day yeah, all yeah, happy, right. Randy. Yeah. Sunshine and lollipops, right? <laughs> Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Somebody's going to be on the I'm sorry you got so close, Brad, but unfortunately a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. Man, it's a close one. I had to mess up the first one, but uh, when he was doing the same ones I did, I was like, man, I did all right. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. The one was the one that made the difference on this day in 1982. It was Jim Codd, who pitched his 24th consecutive season in the majors. The only reason it was a record at the time is because Tommy John obviously missed an entire season in Major League Baseball, and that breaks up his 25 years without, uh, I think it's 9 on one side, then 14 on the other, or 10 and 15, one of the two. Uh, The only active player in Major League Baseball with four or more. It is, in fact, Miguel Cabrera. Jose Altuve right behind him with three. Hmm. DJ LeMahieu and Christian Yelich part of the group with two um, total and active players. Michael Jordan won 10 scoring titles in his shorter season. Will Chamberlain is second with seven. Kevin Durant has six, and he's right there on the list. And only three different Blues have scored more than 50 goals in a regular season. Brett Hall did it five times. Brendan Shanahan did it twice. And like Randy said, Wayne Babich in 1980-1981 with 54 goals, the only other Blue to pass. That 50-goal marker, a 3-2 win for Randy Carricker. Thank you so much for joining the fight and pl- joining the show today, Brad. Dude, thanks for choosing me. Wayne Babbage, that was just a uh, lucky guess by me because I wasn't born <laughs> that. <laughs> it worked Glad out. Sometimes all you got to do is take a shot. It was fun. Hopefully the Cardinals can get back on track, and if they play, they need a player today and get back to winning. Yes, sir. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. So, uh, as you guys know, my dad used to take me out of school for a day game every year. And in my senior year of high school, we go to a game and we walk in and there on the scoreboard, it says the Cardinals have signed relief pitchers Jim Cott and Pedro Borbone. And Pedro Borbone had been the closer for the Big Red Machine in the late 70s. And lo and behold, in 1980, Jim Cott, I think, pitched that very first day that he was with the Cardinals. And then Whitey kept him around and wound up being a big part of the 1982 World Champion. So people that were at Parkway North on that day in 1980, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> do you remember who, in, in, that, in that Jim Cott game, do you remember who they shellacked? Well, you said that was 80, not 82. Yeah, 19, sorry. I, I thought you were talking 80. about 82, the, the, year, the, the day you set the record, my uh, bad. I, I, can, I can tell you who they played that day. Uh, but 
No, I just knew that they, they, they beat up on the Astros in 82 oh. when they won the opening day. That's okay. all I had. Cool. Good. 24 years in a row. Coming up, we want to hear from you. What do you think about the kerfuffle between Ali Marmol? You like that? <laughs> I like that word. Thank you. Kerfuffle. Uh, that's our, our word of the day. Kerfuffle uh, between Ali Marmol and Tyler O'Neill. We want your mic drops. We want your texts. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Matthew, a kerfuffle, according to dictionary.com, is a commotion or a fuss, especially one caused by conflicting views. So this is like the definition of kerfuffle, isn't it? That's perfect. So I like how there's always a a word that comes up, it seems like, with the Cardinals. Philosophical differences. Love that. Disappointed that I didn't see any t-shirts with that printed. Now we can have yeah. this one be, and then you have a photo of O'Neal and Marmol With kerfuffle it. above yes. them? Yes. I love this idea. I, I like do. that. Marketing. We're working here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're working here. <laughs> yeah. uh, text. As kerfuffles effort. go, this is, this is one from the 314. As kerfuffles go, this is a distant fourth behind, number one, Herzog versus Templeton. I was mm. there that day. Uh, that was a major kerfuffle. They had differing views. As it turned out, Gary had what they called in 19... 19- 80, 81, he had what they called a chemical imbalance, right. <laughs> air quotes. You should leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, La <laughs> versus Klein when Kleiner uh, flipped off the skipper. And Matheny versus Yachty when Yachty went to the Insta and uh, took his little shot at Matheny. Essentially hmm. got him fired. Really? Yeah, it happens now. Well, who, who did LaRusso? What outfielder was it whose father was... Uh, Colby Rasmus. Colby Rasmus. That was a that was a bit of a kerfuffle as well, wasn't it? Oh, that was it? a big-time oh. kerfuffle. <laughs> that, was a, that was back and forth. Yeah. A lot of it. You said Matheny and who, who again? Yachty. And Yachty. Yeah, because... I, thought, I was thinking of Hicks. Remember Hicks and Matheny? Oh, yeah, And yeah. Um, who was that pitcher that was also involved with that? Uh, Bud Norris. Yes. Yeah. That was that was, that was really bad yeah. how that was handled publicly. Yeah. <laughs> that was so bad. I remember that was like, I think that was maybe my first or second season here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot happening right so now. We, we've got Vern Rapp and Simba. So here's what happened, kids in the 70s. Ted Simmons, obviously a Hall of Famer, best player. And he and Jack Buck had a great relationship. And Vern Rapp was the Cardinal manager. And he, he's old school, came from the Reds organization, didn't want the Cardinals to wear... Uh, mustaches or beards or any facial hair or stuff like that. And Jack Buck goes on the air, and we all loved Ted Simmons. And he says, Vern Rapp called Ted Simmons a loser. Mm. And Vern Rapp was gone like within days. <laughs> but here's here's another Vern Rapp story with the, the mad Hungarian, Al Roboski. Because of the hair, you know what Al is. He's the mad Hungarian. Right. He's, he, his image was, his definition was the beard. Al, this is unbelievable, really. I don't know if you can do this, Carrie. You got a nice beard. Al leaves for the all-star break clean-shaven, comes back, and looks like the mountain man. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Because he felt like he wasn't pitching well because he didn't yeah. have his beard. And the <laughs> owner of the team comes out, and basically, 
He takes a shot. At, has the old, Gussie Bush has a press conference. Mm. Al, to say I'm disappointed in you would be an understatement. But basically, what he did was tell Al, "Hey, you better perform. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not. But I'm going to let you keep your beard. Yeah. So he really undercut the manager, and the manager lasted a year and a half. He, uh, nobody really liked Burn Rap, but. Uh, it was an interesting time in Cardinal Baseball. I think, yeah. I, it was a kerfuffle. Well, I think that there was a lot of frustrations with the game in general. You had starting pitching again, once once again, getting kind of banged up a little bit, especially early on. Um, you had also, too, I mean, Dylan Dodd was fantastic, and it seemed like the Cardinals, Cardinals hitters were struggling kind of figuring him out, and it seemed like there was just a lot of emotions, yeah. frustration spilling over. So maybe today, cooler heads will prevail. And honestly, Tyler O'Neill strikes me as the guy as, even when he took that criticism, <laughs> I think that he you know, of course, doesn't like to hear that, you know, from especially your manager. But at the same time, I guarantee you, Tyler O'Neill's the same type of player that's going to take that in and says, okay, well, I'm going to go out and prove you the next day. Brooke, here's what's happening today. If it hasn't already happened, he'll go into the door frame to Ali Marmol's office and say, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry about that. About yeah, that. Sorry. Uh, you know what? Players... <laughs> We are, we are, we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Canadian, you know? Yeah, one, one, one quick one, CD, before you get to. I, I always wondered if, like, if there's a throw over to first and he O'Neill gets picked off, does he say to Subby Clap, was I out? And Subby Clap says, yeah, Tyler, you were out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you think? I think so. I, I would like to imagine. Yes. I, I think, I don't know if he's going to go Canadians. to the to the door and say sorry, but I do think they will sorry. have, sorry. I don't know if, sorry, I don't know if he's going to go to the door and say that, but I do think they will come to an agreement. As a player, the thing that, that bothers us is we want to keep things in-house. It's, yeah. it's one thing to to be called out in front of your teammates, but to be called out in public, that that tend, tends to bother us. But if you're wrong, you're wrong. Or if you're not doing the, the thing that needs to be done in the correct manner, then that that's part of the game and you're a professional and you have to get over it and, and put your feelings aside and get ready for the next day, especially baseball. You got 162 mm-hmm. of these things. You cannot be, you know, stomping around upset for four or five days in a row. You're going to have four or five bad days in a row. So, you know, it happened. It's over. Come out tonight. And do the job that you can do, and he's hitting the ball pretty well. He's he's he hasn't had you know any major issues so far this season. Talking about O'Neill, just continue to do what you're doing, and you will continue to play, and you will continue to have those opportunities. And it, I just think in general, if you take away other than the injuries, and sometimes the injuries to me in the past was I, O'Neill giving you a hundred percent effort. I think that if you look at career overall, overall watching as a player. To me, he's always given a lot of effort. I think that there was a lot of different things that were going on in the moment. Also, mind you, it was raining, too, at that right. point of the game. I think there was a lot of different circumstances. If I was the Cardinals, Marmal, O'Neal, and even Warner, I would have a meeting between those three to just work it out, clear the air, because it seems like there was a lot of different communication issues going on at that moment as well. One of the things that, that I didn't mention earlier, if, if you are Pop Warner and you're at third base and you don't see him running full tilt you got to hold him as well so it's not it's it's on it's on uh Tyler O'Neill for not sprinting it's on Pop Warner for yes. for sending him and not realizing he's not able or not willing to run full speed and then Ollie needs to understand hey maybe not call out my guy in public like that because that kind of sends a, a message to everyone 
but I do understand why he's doing it. He, he's he, first year coach. You probably don't make that statement. Second year coach, <laughs> that statement needs well, to be made, and it needs to be made yeah. early in the season. And he wants it's it's always a good thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting maximum effort from your players, especially when there's a lot of competition going on, especially mm-hmm. for the outfield as well. We all see it every single day, so I can understand somewhat of the frustration if you think, especially if you think you've seen Tyler O'Neill in the past. You know, I know you can do more than that, and maybe that's what he's doing. And also. So maybe just the frustrations with the way that the games have gone in this Brave series as well, too, that your hitters haven't been able to get through a Dylan Dodd or, you know, something like that. I think that there's a lot more to it and it was heat in the moment. And But that's the beauty, though, right, of talking to the coaches mm-hmm. and players, managers right after a game. And that's what I appreciate about Major League Baseball is they do give you access to him right after the game. So you get that raw emotion and feeling. We've got a ton of mic drops. We're going to get to those coming up with our Rush Hour Reset next on 101 ES. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the Opening Drive with today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It's 9 o'clock in St. Louis. It's dark in St. Louis at 9 a.m. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with uh, 2018 PGA champ Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Kerry. <laughs> Brooke is wearing the, the PGA championship cap. I just assumed you yes. got that for winning. Uh, of course. You guys didn't see me out there, you know, <laughs> paired with Tiger Woods in the yeah. PGA championship. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of a highlight of my career. You know, yeah, We need to pay more attention to that. Yes. Uh, Matthew Rocchio is also here, and we do appreciate you tuning in. And if you're out driving around, be careful. And by the way, uh, a lot of folks in Bollinger County, and so uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with Bollinger County. I, I guess uh, Bollinger County has been hit hard by tornadoes, and so uh, we're thinking about you in Bollinger County, and or, or if you have family in Bollinger County, and if you just check the news, it's, uh, it, it's a nasty situation there. Bollinger County is... Uh, Right, uh, I can tell you where it is. It's in the southeastern part of the state. The county seat is Marble Hill, and uh, it's part of Cape Girardeau. So if you have family, friends, things going on in in Cape, uh, our thoughts are are with you with the bad weather here in St. Louis. We do appreciate all of your response to what happened last night in the seventh inning. Tyler O'Neill thrown out at the plate on a base hit by Brendan Donovan. Ronald Acuna Jr. threw him out, and it, it did appear that, I think we can all agree, that we've seen... Tyler O'Neill run faster than he did mm-hmm. as he rounded third and made his way to home plate. And Ali Marmol, the number two story, guys, at ESPN.com is Cards Marmol rips O'Neill's effort on play at plate. So this is a story uh, this year. And so we wanted your response. And uh, Matthew, why don't we get to Lisa first? Morning. Your show is flipping on point today, you guys. But... I think Tyler O'Neill. we were at opening day, watching him going forward. I think he's so aware of his oversized, I want to be a bodybuilder more than a ball player muscles. He doesn't move right. Like, I think he's so constantly aware of pulling that hamstring. And so, and I'm not a big fan of his, so this is very easy for me to say. But move on. Just move on. Well, I, I think Lisa hits a point. I think he is concerned. 
I, again, I wasn't in the arbitration meeting, but I, I would have to bet that the the topic of conversation was his injury history as to why he shouldn't get this amount as opposed to that amount. And so if you're him, Brooke talked about it, it's wet, it's raining outside. There are there are things and limitations that you put a place on yourself to not get injured because we've seen him go full speed. We've seen him pull that hamstring multiple times. You don't want to get hurt knowing that it's potentially a year where you can get paid. And so... It's just a. It's gonna have to be something where he either learns to trust himself to run full speed, or you know the team doesn't put him in those particular positions where he has the opportunity to run full speed, which means he's probably not playing that much because you don't know when those opportunities arise. And I've seen I've seen people text in. Well, what about Harrison Bader? Harrison Bader, remember when Ali Marmal kind of called him out for his lack of effort, took him out of the game, and took him out of the game. But then we found out later on he was dealing with plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you also wonder maybe, and we don't know. This is just an assumption. Is there something else going on with Tyler O'Neill? He mentioned that he worked this offseason in St. Louis specifically on his running technique to prevent some of these injuries and stuff like that. And Lisa mentioned his build. I think I will be honest. Like the first time I saw Tyler O'Neill in person, he is a little bit. I'm not going to say short, but I'm saying compact. like compact. Right. Like you noticed it, Mm -hmm. too, the first time that you saw him. We talked about it. And so you also wonder how that affects his hamstring and stuff as well. He is putting in, at least from what we know, he stayed here. He trained here. He's putting in the effort of trying to fix some of the issues he's had in the past. I don't think that effort is something that he's ever lacked. I think that it's issues with injuries that he's lacked in the past as well. And there just seems like there's something more going on there between Ali Ramal and Tyler O'Neill, some frustrations, and maybe just the frustration of that maybe Ali just doesn't like the results of this, and he wants the fan base to know that he is also passionate and angry that they aren't coming away with the win so far in this Brave series. We played this before, but I want you to hear this uh, from Tyler O'Neill again. This is what he had to say in reaction to Ali Marmol's comments last night. He was pretty blunt about it. He didn't think I gave the best effort. Um, um, you know, I'm out here every day grinding my grinding my ass off. Um, you know, giving it my all and uh, trying to stay on the field for 160 games out here. So, um, you know, like I said, I just got to get a better jump next time, and, and I guess you know, just get around get around the base a little quicker, and um, you know, be in there next time. Yeah, I mean. I'm trying to trying to score that round, of course. You know, um, not out there to dog it at all. Um, you know, those are pretty pretty strong words from him. So that's um, good to know. I don't think he was dogging it, but I do think at, at times coaches have to light fires under players, and and it, it's it. There is a situation where they both could be right, or, or they both could be wrong. I mean, it, it just depends on how you're looking at it. I'm not I'm not bothered by Ali saying what he said. Maybe not. In public, but if that's how you feel it needed to be taken mm-hmm. care of, then that's what you do. And if I'm Tyler O'Neill, I'm not really bothered because he's protecting himself. But he has to make a decision. Which one am I going to be? Because here's what's going to happen. If you are so concerned about protecting yourself and playing 160 games, you're not going to play 160 games because you're not going to reach that level and you're not going to have the success that you want because you're not playing at the full speed pace that you need to play at. Here's the million dollar question, which we don't know because we're not Tyler O'Neill. We're not in his mind. Was he doing it for himself in that situation or was he doing it for the team? That's what I was, that was exactly what I was going to say, Brooke, and we don't know. But here's the thing. The best player we've ever seen uh, would go on the 15-day deal with an oblique injury, Albert Pujols, and walk into the manager's office, and the manager would say, you can't play. You, it, it's, you've got to sit out longer. And the player said, I'm playing. Yeah. 
he was all about risking himself for the betterment of the team. And there's a fine line there, Randy, because I, I will tell you as a player who risked himself for the betterment of the team, I probably shouldn't have. Exactly. I played in a game after uh, I played in the game after surgery, three days, four days after my knee got scoped. And then I had a almost lost my leg in my life with a staph infection. So looking back on that, I, I may, maybe not have should have done that. Maybe I should have went a different <laughs> yeah. route. I remember one time. And I, tell me if, if you had a similar experience. Now, Marshall had knee surgery. He played 10 days later. First carry goes 77 yards against the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> after the crazy thing, I got my knee scoped on a Tuesday, and I was running on the treadmill Wednesday or Thursday, and the, the D-line coach came and said, what the heck is going on? I said, yeah, I'm like Wolverine. Don't worry about it. I'm, 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 I'm good to go. It, it, my knee felt that much better. But again, looking back, probably shouldn't have played in that game because I missed some time going forward and, and was not able to be myself until later in the season. So as a player, you do have to protect yourself as well. Let's get to your responses now. Roe is next on 101 ESPN. You know, I, I get where, where Ollie's coming from. And as a fan, you know, as, as a coach, I, I coach a little bit. Um, that's frustrating, right? Because the only thing that a player is has control over is the effort that, that, that they give, right? And, um, it's cliche, coach speak, whatever you want to say, but that is so true, right? And then as a fan, especially us, St. Louis fans, like we want you to try hard, you know. Uh, we want we want that effort to be there. That is again, that's the only thing that you have a hundred percent control over is is the effort that you put out and the effort that you give. One thing you can control, right, is effort. Yeah, Ro, well said. Uh, Sean is next on One Hundred One ESPN. I really feel for Tyler O'Neill having to be the fall guy for our crappy pitching. The front office, I feel like, is putting so much emphasis and uh, pressure on our bats this season because they know our pitching is going to suck. It's more of their issue rather than the team's issue. The team's only doing what they can with what they got. Yeah, I don't know that I'm ready to make this judgment based on five games of a season. Generally, that's not a very good sample size in mm-hmm. baseball. But... Last night, yeah, you should have scored more than four runs. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's fair. You, but if, you, they, if they listen to the opening drive, the game plan is to score eight or eight more runs. runs. So but, they didn't listen. Right, and here's the thing with the offense last night. You did shut them down after Matt's left. In the fourth inning, in the fifth inning, in the seventh inning, in the eighth inning, you had the tying run at the plate, and you were able to get a total of one run out of it. Each of those innings, you had two runners on and got a total of one run out of it. You, you've got, if you're right, and the the offense is built up to overcome poor pitching. Well, the offense has to perform. Yeah, they 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 got to score. They got to <laughs> score with runners in mm-hmm. scoring position. And obviously, they didn't do that last night. Again, it, it this is one part of the game that took place. Matt's not getting off to a great start was what really put them in the hole. Obviously, they down. You know, you're down four one, and and you're you're having to climb out of the hole again for the second straight game. It's tough to do that night after night. So it starts with the starting pitcher. They mm-hmm. have to go out there and perform and not allow that many hits, not allow home runs, not allow uh, uh, you know that many runs to be scored to keep you from having to battle back each game. And and right now they're not doing that. The 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 Tyler O'Neill issue will be done with after today. We won't even worry about it. We won't discuss it either. He's going to run full speed. 
which we know he has the capability of doing because we've seen it, or he's not. And if he's not capable or not willing to, then he probably won't be in those positions to to have that opportunity to do it. That's just how the game goes, any game. If you're not doing it, you're not going to be able to continue to do it. And by the way, the bulletin, apparently official, Austin Riley did finish sixth in the National League MVP voting last year. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Ronald Acuna, pretty good. I mean, it's not like Atlanta is the Oakland A's or the Pittsburgh Pirates here. Atlanta's a pretty good team. Well, and Ronald Acuna Jr., I mean, his arm, that was, you. I feel like that's getting lost in all this as well. That was a perfect throw. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Force him, I love the idea of forcing them to make the play, but you do have to have the guy going 100%. And if if, if the guy is going 100%, then you have a play. Because it wasn't close. I think it's still a play at the plate. I don't think it's a lock that O'Neal scores if he's going all out. It's much closer. Yeah, it is. If Tyler O'Neal is running at full speed. Yeah. he he. I'm not saying he was jogging, but I, I would say he was running about 70-80% of what we have seen him run, which if he's at 100% running... He probably makes that play much closer, which makes the catcher much more nervous, which makes it a harder play to have. Hey, we appreciate your mic drops. Thanks so much. Coming up, we are going to talk to our friend Adam Wainwright, who has such an affinity, being a Georgia man, for the Masters. We'll talk to Adam about that and about how close he is to coming back. Wednesdays with Wainos on the way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Rip Grimsley, Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno with our friend Adam Wainwright, the founder of Big League Impact and hopefully a future baseball Hall of Famer, certainly a future Cardinal Hall of Famer. Good morning, Wayno. How you doing? Morning, guys. Doing great. Okay, you are a native of the great state of Georgia. Georgia will host the Masters this week. Who do you got? Oh, man. <laughs> I know it's oh, tough. It's so tough to call that all the time. You know, who's going to win is who's who's putting the best right now. Who's who's got the best short game going right now? Last year, I thought it was going to be Cam Smith because he was putting so well. Um, uh, Scotty Scheffler is really yeah. playing well, uh, and it's he won really hard to bet against Scheffler. It's yeah. really hard to get bet against him. Well, Adam, how how are you feeling right now, too? I saw that you threw a bullpen session on Monday. How did that go, and is there more of a timetable on your return? went great. Uh, I'm so, so pleased. And, you know, it's it's hard to admit this sometimes, but sometimes you need to just get a little bit better. I mean, the ball was was. I was I was okay, right? It was all right. The ball I didn't have the velocity that I wanted, but I was spinning the ball really well. I think people saw that in the WBC. My fastball was gaining a little bit, but it still wasn't where I wanted to. But the, my curveball was the best it's been in. I don't even know how long. Man, it's been a long time since it was that good. But so I was spinning the ball really well, so I could get by. But you know, this time has allowed me. Um, this time has allowed me to strengthen my body and my core and my, my, my left leg. When I came into spring training, I was just coming off of a back issue that, for whatever reason, neurologically kind of shut down uh, some muscles that I needed to turn back on. And so now they're turned back on, they're firing. So, you know, Randy, I should be throwing 99, 102, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Adam, you uh, made a decision about a week ago to step out and sing the national anthem. Uh, so I got to ask you, which one is more nerve-wracking, singing in public in front of a full stadium full of people or it, pitching in a World Series game? All right, do you want to hear the truth of this? Yes, because <laughs> I, I, I have fear of singing in public. So uh, I, <laughs> this, this was the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> not even and not even close. Uh, I'm not a nervous guy when I pitch, so I don't really know how to act uh, when I fall into that like really big nervous situation. I mean, in all the sports I've ever played, I was never a real nervous person. You know, uh, some jitters here and there, maybe some a couple of butterflies, but I was always very confident going into something. I'm always very prepared, so I feel like I'm in my element. You know, I've always been a pitcher, so uh, I'm comfortable on the mound pitching in front of it. doesn't matter how many. The more, the better, actually. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm comfortable singing on a stage in front of, you know, 500 people. That That's the most I've ever, you know, I, I, I had to show this offseason – Playing my own music, I was pretty nervous, I'll tell you. Playing your own songs yes. in front of a crowd of five or 600 people, you're like, man, this is, this kid, they might hate this stuff. You know, it's not like I'm singing Fishing in the Dark and the Thunder Rolls where everybody knows you love it. Like, these are new songs that nobody's ever heard. So I was a little nerve-wracking doing that. But I'll tell you, as I was riding in the car around the stadium, uh, I know I'm, you know, nobody else knows that I'm about to do this. The only there's only four people in the whole organization that knew, and I'm about to I'm about to do this, and I'm riding in the car, and everything starts piling up on me. Okay, it's opening day. You're setting the you're setting a tempo for the whole season. If if you screw this up <laughs> and you forget the words, people will never ever forget it. Will never forget that. And then everywhere I'd go. I would have been like, oh, hey, don't worry, Wayne. So you'll get him next time. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and, and so then I'm thinking, and then I'm looking up, and I'm looking around, and I see and it's 50,000 people up in this thing, man. Like, whew, where did these people come from? Have they been here my whole career? Like, there's never been here before. Like, when I'm pitching, I don't even see all that. You know, I feel it, but I don't really notice it. And I, I think I looked up and counted every fan in the stands the other day. It was, it was a crazy feeling. But then, but then on top of all of that, there is a tremendous delay on the mm -hmm. field. You know, and I know that because I've given, a, I've done a lot of speaking of uh, events out there on on Bush Stadium's field to know that, you know, you're like, hello, hello, <laughs> you know. It's, it's it's can be tough, you know. But when you're talking, you can kind of talk through that, and you have time to think about it. And you don't. It's not like you know when you're given a a speech or something. It's not like you know if you miss one word, everyone knows. But when you sing the national anthem, the song that you know represents our country and our freedoms, and then everyone knows the words to it, and they're they're hanging on it. And you're like, man, I can't miss a word. And then I've got this big giant delay. So. I'll tell you this, and I and I have to apologize to Cardinal Nation a little bit because all of my practice sessions were a minute and thirty five seconds exactly. Like I did six of them, and a minute and thirty seconds, a minute thirty five seconds was the time, 
And I don't know how long it was, but it had to be pushing two minutes because as soon as I started singing, I didn't hear myself. And I didn't have the little in-ears things that professional mm-hmm. singers will have. And I couldn't hear myself. And then, I'm, and then like a second and a half later, I'm like, oh, there I am. <laughs> and so then it just, it slowed my tempo so, so much. Uh, you know what? And, 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 and I know it was, a, it probably seemed a little slow. It was a little slow. I didn't want to sing it that slow, but about five or six seconds into it, I realized I had committed to singing this slow. I'm like, well, I've already committed. You know, you don't, you don't want to be the guy that's jumping around pace up and down, up and down. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, um, I'm happy that, uh, you know, I was able to get through that. I was happy that I was able to honor our country with the correct words and, and, uh, you know, everywhere I've been, I'm telling you, everywhere I've been, more than anything I've ever done, except for maybe close out the World Series in St. Louis, more than anything else I've ever done, every single person I see goes, hey, great job on the anthem. You know, way to go, man. That was awesome. So I, St. Louis is, is either completely all tone deaf or I did an okay job. Um, so I was proud. You know, I'm kind of proud that I got through that. I've I've actually been texted a lot of times from a bunch of different uh, professional singers, and they go, "Dude, that's so much harder than people think. Yes. Man, you did great." And, and it makes me feel good about it. You know, I, I w- and I'll tell you this: I had my prayer before that was that I would remember the words and that I would have fun. And I'm telling you, I had some of the most fun I've ever had was singing that anthem for our great crowd on opening day. That was amazing. Yeah, most people don't know the national anthem is one of the hardest songs to sing because if you get too high, you got to stay there and you can't come back down. So you did a great job with, with, with your tone and all of that, and, and the pace was perfect. I want to know what your teammates thought about it after you were done because they, when they announced your name, I don't know if you saw this, but everyone whipped their heads around to look at you like, what in the world is going on? What was the reaction from your teammates when you got done with it? So Jordan Montgomery was standing right next to me, and Woodford was on the other side of me. And Jordan says to me, he goes, hey, who's singing the anthem? And I said, oh, those are my two songwriting buddies, uh, Gary Baker and Greg Barnhill. Those guys are like Nashville Hall of Famers, man. They're amazing, amazing, amazing musicians, number ones everywhere. And he was like, oh, that's cool. He goes, dude, you should have sang with them. And I was like, man, I know. Maybe next time, you know. <laughs> and so... And so that's when, when you see him, when, they, when, when John Hewlett comes on and he announces my name, that's when you see Jordan in total shock, looks at me like, oh, right, like crazy. Like, I, I just tricked. Nobody knew it was coming, which is the best. That was my wife's idea. You know, when, when we decided I was going to sing the anthem, um, Jenny was like, oh, you've got to make it a surprise. Make it a surprise for everybody. So I called Melody Yant, who works at our front office, and uh, we set it up so that no one knew. No one on our team knew, and, and everybody, you know, kind of, not everybody, but I probably had 12 or 15 guys going, hey, hey, Wayno, since you're hurt, you're going to sing the anthem? Like, totally kidding. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, nah, man, like, I'm not ready for that, you know, and, and, uh, and I wasn't ready for it, but I had a blast. I had so much fun. Adam, who were the four people in the hey, organization? Who, 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 who? A shout out real quick to uh, two of the great Matt Holiday who's listening in because I know he is because he's texting me uh, trash talk about me. <laughs> you know, Matt listens every day on the app. We, we appreciate that. Hey, uh, who are the four that did know? I know Melody. Melody and John Ulett had to know uh-huh. um, because he had to kind of craft how he was going to introduce me. 
which I thought he did a great job. Yeah, it was He's so good on the mic, but he did a he did a great job of kind of making the surprise even cooler, you know. Uh, and then I'm sure Mo knew because uh, as I was coming through the line to shake all the Hall of Famers' hands and the president and uh, the owner and and uh, and uh, Mo's hand, um, he looked at me and goes, "You're gonna kill it." That's fantastic. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Adam, your team has played five games, and it's safe to say that the starting pitching has struggled. But I always go back to it's five games. So talk people off the ledge that are concerned about the Cardinals starting pitching. Yep, I can do that. Okay, so (laughs) first off, uh, it's not an excuse because we have great pitchers, but we have been facing the two best offenses and maybe all of baseball like two of the two of the best anyways no one could argue that two of the best offenses um so that's number one number two the very beginning of the season when you leave sunny humid florida and you go straight into a game that's like the game jack pitched that was nuts Mm. that game was like 30 mile an hour a wind and 30 something 40 degrees uh you're just not acclimated to that your hand is slippery you're, and listen, these are not all excuses. We're professionals. We have to find a way. I'm just, I'm helping. You said talk them off the ledge. I'm helping give some reasons to get them off the ledge. Um, and, and three, it's, it's five games. It's one time to the order. Uh, you know, and back, think about this. Back in 2011, our guys were not hitting the first week of the season. Everybody remembers the interview with Tony. He says, guys, it's the first week of the season. You don't think Pujols is going to hit? And now I know those are superstars. He was talking about superstars. I really believe in the talent of these guys in our rotation. The, the talent with Jordan Montgomery and Steven Matz is big-time, big-time, big-time stuff. Big-time talent, big-time stuff. Uh, I really believe in the talent that Miles and Jack have. And I think Woody – is an unbelievable pitcher. He's just got to get his feet under him a little bit. He had a great spring training. He's proved he can do it against the best teams. I mean, he went in five shutout with only one or two hits against the New York Yankees when they brought all their guys. So we know he can get through. He was just, I think he was just a little, he was a little amped up, you know. Now, three weeks from now, if we're still having this conversation, y'all have the, y'all have the, the, uh, because you always have this right anyway. We're recording so it, yeah. You have the right. You you have the right to tell me that you know I, I underestimated our guy or I overestimated our guys, but I believe in our talent, and I believe I'll tell you this: I believe in the work that I've done since I've been on the deal. I believe I'm gonna come back roaring and help this team a lot too. So, um, I think it's gonna be better than people think. That's that's the goal right now is to to outperform expectations, which seem to be pretty low, um, and then. But we want to outperform our expectations more than the people who don't believe in us. And, Adam, I wanted to toss that in there that obviously you're a key part of it and you haven't been there. I always look back to 2004, and I remember 2004, June, July, August, that, that right side of the standings column, it always said 8-2 and two because you guys kept winning 8 out of 10. But you guys were essentially a 500 team in the first month of the season, and the starting pitching had an ERA near 5. And I've always thought Memorial Day was my kick-in for starting pitching. I, I don't think that I have an I've never done it before for getting into shape to pitch seven innings every time you go to the mound. Uh, you know what? It's not about getting to seven. Once you get over about, honestly, once you get to about four, the buildup is really quick. 
Um, the hardest thing for me has always been getting from, you know, two, one inning to, to, to four innings. And then after that, you know, once you get up to about 50, 60 pitches, getting to 100 is really easy, honestly. Um, but to, I'll tell you this, and, and people who are relievers know this, that have tried to be starters. I mean, Kyle McClellan can speak to this a little bit. Kyle was a great starter in the minor league. I was a great star in the minor leagues. I've got my son in the car. We're, we're headed to school right now, but he's. I put him up in the front seat with me, which might have been a mistake because now he's just trying to roll the window. So I know um, and and just so you know, everybody listening, we are parked in the school parking lot. So we're not driving down the road with him in the front seat. Um, but it it stop, dude. It is tough. It is tough to uh, to go from relieving to starting. Not everyone can do it. And not everyone can pitch as a reliever, you know, going every other day all season. But as a starter, there is so much wear and tear on your body. It's kind of crazy, man. It really breaks you down. And you have to be very, very, very mentally tough to get through it because something's going to hurt at all times. Terry can probably speak to this pitching or doing what he did at such a high level. You're never feeling great. Even when things feel great, something hurts, you know. And so uh, you gotta you got to have the fortitude to get through things and find a way to do it. And that can be really tough, especially the third time through an order in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Those are the times where you got to dig deep, man, and you got to build off of, of past experience and, and belief in your own abilities. Hey, Wayno, I want to take you back to opening day one last time. And, and there was a player. Everyone, you know, the tradition of opening day is amazing. You got the red jackets. You got the owners and management. And everyone's lined up there. Uh, you you come off the truck. You go around. You shake everyone's hand. There was one player uh, uh, that I saw that missed out on that opportunity and just sprinted to the line where you guys were standing. And that was one Andre Pallante. Did you let him know that he missed his opportunity to go shake everyone's hand and, and, and really miss out? on the opening day uh, procedure? Uh, yeah, we all let him know about that. <laughs> uh, and that's such an Andre Pallante move. <laughs> he's, he's kind of oblivious to the world around him, honestly. He's, you know, he's just walking around. He's got incredible stuff. He throws 98, and he's like, oh, I'm pitching? Uh, where'd these guys come from? You know, like, he's, 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 he's actually a very, very bright person. He's you know, if you ask him, he's a master chef. You know, he's an iron chef. But the guy does things like that all the time where you go, yep, that's Blante. That is, that is a Blante move. And, and as soon as we got in the line, he looks at me and he goes, uh, wait, no, I think I messed it up. Did I just say hi to everybody? And I was like, uh, yeah, you were. You know, yes, you were. Hey, Adam, you guys at the Big League Impact have scheduled a swinging for impact at Top Golf. It's going to take place on June 11th. And I had so much fun there last year, although it did mess up my swing because I wanted to outdrive you, and I have no chance of doing that. So I'm going to, I'm going to calm it down and let the club do the work this year. But it's a great event that I know that you guys at Big League Impact are excited about. Swinging for impact June 11th over at Top Golf. It's going to be a great time. Uh, we'd love to have tons of support like we always get here in St. Louis out there at Top Golf. But everybody loves, even if you don't like golf, you like going to play Top Golf. And plus, they have wonderful food there, too. But we're going to have a great time. We also have lots of things going on inside our, our own uh, organization, a big league impact with our players for the Cardinals. Um, we have some all win campaigns where every time we win a game, it's not just the Cardinals that win a game. We have players who have pledged a dollar amount per win 
and plan, and fans can get in and pledge with that and and also some of the strikeout campaigns and the other things you can there's a lot of different charities of to choose from and different initiatives to choose from on our website but we got Mets, Yankees, Orioles, Rangers, Reds, Cubs, Rays. We got lots of teams going on right now, big league impact programs. So fans around the country, if you're listening in, we'd love to for you to to join with us and help as many people as possible. Adam, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for reminding us that. It's the first week of the season. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. But you know what? We were we were a couple of outs from sweeping Toronto, a very good team. Very couple outs from it. We've got more than 10 hits every game of the season so far, I think. Um, our offense is doing really good things. You know, we we got to push a couple more runs across yesterday, maybe, but but uh, offense is looking awesome. we got some really dynamic guys out there. Um, it is the first week of the season. You know, let's, let's not get too crazy with all the things that we need and don't need and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's one week. Hey, have a great day, Adam. Thanks so much. Hopefully we'll get a game in today, and we'll see you down at the ballpark soon. Okay, thanks, buddy. Take care. That's our friend Adam Wainwright joining us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. BigLeagueImpact.org if you'd like to sign up for Swinging for Impact or any of the campaigns, the all-win campaigns that they have going on with multiple players throughout Major League Baseball. And who has more friends than Adam Wainwright, right? Yeah. It's also a kid's show today, I've noticed. I was say that too. We yeah. have Bernie, Bernie with his yeah. granddaughter yeah. 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 and then Waino with his son, Caleb. That's yeah. awesome. He's, he's as good as it gets. Coming up, I, I want to touch on one of the things that Adam said as we roll on here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. On 101 ESPN, and yes, we should be bothered by the fact that the Cardinals earned run average. Did you say we're 24th, we being the Cardinals? I'm not playing, but uh, and they certainly can turn into they in a big hurry. But uh, the uh, 24th is uh, an earned run average of 7-plus for the Cardinals starters through five games. And again, we'll say, here we go. It's the first week of the season. Thank you, Tony. Uh, but here's what Adam Wainwright had to say about the ability of his fellow starting pitchers. I really believe in the talent of these guys in our rotation. The the talent with Jordan Montgomery and Steven Matz is big time, big time, big time stuff. Big time talent, big time stuff. I really believe in the talent that Miles and Jack have. And I think Woody is an unbelievable pitcher. He's just got to get his feet under him a little bit. He had a great spring training. He's proved he can do it against the best teams. I mean, he went in five shutout with only one or two hits against the New York Yankees when they brought all their guys. So we know he can get through. He was just, I think he was just a little, he was a little amped up, you know. Now, three weeks from now, if we're still having this conversation, you you have the right to tell me that, you know, I, I underestimated our guy or I overestimated our guys. That's Adam Wainwright. And, Nobody, I mean, Boston's 30th and their run average is almost 10. It's just way too early to make a determination for a team this good. You can make a determination about the Reds or the Pirates or the A's, but the St. Louis Cardinals, as he said, 
I mean, you got guys that have history. Matt's has he won 14 games two years ago when he was healthy. Uh, Miles Michaelis was an all-star. Miles Michaelis was starting for the World Baseball Classic team. Adam Wainwright, when he gets back, will be a guy. Flaherty has done it before. Maybe not the same Jack Flaherty. But I just believe that they need more than one start each to really make a determination about what their abilities are. Yeah, I thought Adam said something that was important as well. Making that transition from Florida, the weather that you have down there, to the weather that was here, you know, the first few games is is def- definitely drastically different. So hopefully as the weather warms up, as guys get, you know, more starts under their belt, we don't have to have these this many issues and we can – Prevent this many hits, prevent this many runs, and we know our offense is going to score generally. Uh, so hopefully that was just an, just something that took place those first few games yeah. and we'll get it corrected. And I agree with Adam Wainwright. I mean, with what we've seen with Jake Woodford, he has been really, really good. I'm not going to hold that against him. We've seen – and. I think I think we've been saying this as well. Those are two really good offenses that they've been going up against as well. I thought it was impressive when Woody came back and the way that he was able to yeah. settle in. He was just a little amped up at the beginning. And maybe there's something to that. Even with the veteran guys, you can get a little amped up, especially with all these new rules, including the pitch clock coming into work and actually having real meaningful games that matter and a giant you know, fan base like the Cardinals with a packed Bush Stadium just kind of getting through those jitters of returning to the game in its full form. Yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. That's uh, At the end of the day, if they have an earned run average, uh, it's at seven. If they can allow four a game, they're going to win a lot of games. Let me make it three. If you win three, you're going to win 100-plus. If you, if you get, when, the Card- when the Cardinals <laughs> score three or more, when, when the, more than three. When the Cardinals score more than three, their winning percentage is like 800. Yeah. So they'll if they do that, if, if they can have an earned run average of... 3.2, it could be unbelievable. That's where I'm. Let's shoot for that. Three weeks, I think, might be a little bit too long of a leash to expect the fans to not freak oh, yeah. out. Yeah, no, two more weeks, a little bit long. We, we are a different baseball town because we treat baseball games like football games. So, we overreact. We react. It is great. Yes, <laughs> the, the issue that you you're running into that the the Atlanta Braves are playing well. The Toronto Blue Jays are expected to be your favorite to pay, make it to the World Series and win. The Milwaukee uh, Brewers have scored 28 runs in their last three games. It's amazing. And against the Mets. Yeah. There, there might be something to keep an eye on here in the next few weeks. The Cardinal Nation. All right, come on. Nothing to see here. Please, this first. Nothing to see here. Please. <laughs> <laughs> got rock and roll coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Hey, if you like that uh, that that group KISS, they're coming to town October 25th at Enterprise Center. And uh, we here at 101 ESPN have your chance to win KISS tickets for October 25th at the Enterprise Center. They have long tongues. The final tour. Final tour is what they're saying. End of the road tour is what yeah. they say. Long tongues. That's, they that's your takeaway from Kiss. <laughs> yeah, well, then they're good at music. Uh, <laughs> great hair. Great hair. Uh, and great makeup. makeup. Yeah. I think it's makeup. Maybe they just had those. Maybe they got the uh, the face tats. I think it's safe to say that uh, Kiss used more hairspray in one night than I've used in my entire life. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> anyway, end of the road tour tickets are on sale now. It's the very last tour ever for the legendary Kiss, at least the first last tour. You can win free tickets now by texting in 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YOHO. Yo-ho. And answer Matthew Rocchio's 
question. Spillover from the fight, we talked about how Michael Jordan has 10 individual scoring titles, but the guy who just got passed in the all-time scores uh, in overall total points, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, recently got passed by LeBron James. How many scoring titles did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have in his career? And texture number 33. Yes. Texture number 33 will win the KISS tickets. You can also find a bonus chance to win KISS tickets under the contest page at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 mobile app. All right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Something that I think would have been a bigger story today in Cardinal Nation had everything with Marmol and 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 Tyler O'Neill not blown up was the pregame comments, and, I, and I'm piecing this together from reports from a combination of John Denton, Ben Frederickson, Brendan Schaefer, and Jeff Jones across the Cardinals beat, where Marmol was talking about how the decision-making with Juan Yepes went down in spring training. He essentially said that as soon as Jordan Walker had locked his roster spot, Yepes was probably going to get sent down. But he extrapolated that talking about how the last spot essentially came down to Carlson and Yepes, and Carlson's defense is what made the decision. That tells me that Alec Burleson's spot on this roster was set before that. And honestly, the fact that it was Carlson Yepes and not Burleson Yepes, I'm shocked that was the decision the Cardinals were making a few weeks ago. I am too. And clearly, Dylan Carlson has somehow, somewhat fallen out of favor, right? Because he was, I'll trade him, you can pry him out of my cold dead hands four years ago, and now he's gone to being perhaps sent to the minors because of his off, his offense. That's alarming. Yeah, and I, I, I was surprised by Yepes as well, because even I saw, I can't remember who did the article about how that was a tough conversation that Marmal had to have with him about sending him down and how he wasn't expecting it either. I mean, you even remember Albert Pujols had the comments saying that he thinks that he's going to be this huge star, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that maybe even that would make him a shoe-in in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, you, you never know what all takes place in the decision-making to figure out who's going to be here, who's not. There are, are, are certain things that, that we are not privy to that, that we don't understand or don't know. Uh, we knew Jordan Walker, after watching his spring, he was going to be here, which meant Unfortunately, somebody wasn't going to make the roster, and then you had an injury, um, but where that that another person had to be here. So it, it's it all will work itself out eventually. Um, you know, Yepes is here now because of an injury, and so he'll get an opportunity to play. And if he performs, then we'll see who who doesn't stay here. Here's my question, though: If they were that concerned about Dylan Carlson's offense, that they were willing to send him down, then why keep him here? And have him sit. Why he's twenty four years old. Why not have him getting reps in yes, Memphis? Exactly. And then kind of have him hit his way back into mm-hmm. this conversation and the competition. Yeah, I it think makes that's, sense. It, it's it's really hard to be a bench player when you've been a star player, when you've been a regular at the minor league level, and then all of a sudden all you're seeing is closers. It's really a hard thing to do. And yes, he got his opportunities last night. And by the way, Carlson has performed offensively yep. well so far in the spots that he's played. But I wonder if long term, especially because of the wealth of outfielders that they have now, with Burleson playing well, you've got Lars Newtbar coming back, you've got Tyler O'Neill, you you know Jordan Walker is going to be there. Why not give this guy, and I know he probably wouldn't be thrilled with it, the reps at the minor league level so that, like you said, Brooke, he can hit himself back and maybe build up some of that confidence because he's hurt, yes. he was hurt last year. He didn't have a good year last year. Well, he's hitting right now. He's four for nine. He, yeah. He's hitting when given the opportunities. And again, if you are 
able to continue to perform well, um, you know, I think that you will get a chance to, to have more opportunities to do that. He needs to hit himself into that. But right yeah. now, it sure appears that two of, two of those spots are spoken for. Yes. Right? So he's going to have to battle for spots ultimately in right field. Yes. Well, and then you have to think about factoring in Lars Newtbar and what's going to happen with that Newt. with his return. Yeah. And th- th- that's exactly that's what I'm thinking is when Newt comes back, maybe rather than sending Yepes back, maybe the play is to let Carlson go down and, and play every day for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And get that left handed swing back because he he and the minor league level before he came up, he was OK as a left handed hitter. And somehow he's just lost that. But perhaps the thing to do is to just get him a ton of at bats down there. Because you still have the opportunity to do so. They've passed their opportunity with Jordan Hicks to send him down and get him straightened out because he's got five years of Major League service. Get that taken care of before he gets to five years in the Major Leagues. That's my suggestion. Uh, well, that's, you, I know it's your job, but I know you're listening. But that's just my suggestion to you. I'm be watching a lot of Alec Burleson now after reading that. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. By the, <laughs> by the way, the answer to the trivia question, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar only won two scoring titles. LeBron. Kevin Durant has twice as many as him. How many Great. did LeBron have? LeBron has one. Yeah. So he's not the... <laughs> Great scorer, yeah, everyone thinks. You know what LeBron has? He I was looking two. at stats. And he has what? Two. Well, I mean, yeah. The, uh, LeBron How has my club. Ten. Ten. He's a scorer. He's <laughs> a guy that put points on the board. Randy. I'm agreeing with Bob Costas. Yeah, I do too. We love we love lazy radio here. So that's <laughs> enough. That's <laughs> enough of <laughs> lazy radio. Really. What? I says congratulations to Kyle who oh, Kyle. won tickets. Yep. Good job. And congratulations to you on a great job today, Matthew. Pleasure. What was the lazy radio? LeBron Jordan is LeBron James. Okay, so uh, I get up and hey, love Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, right? They're, they're spectacular radio stars. They're national, okay? But I get up, I'm driving to our opening day. It's the opening day of the baseball season last Thursday. Mm-hmm. It is 5 15 in the morning. So it's early in their show. They start at 5. They're doing LeBron versus Michael. <laughs> We're in the heart of the, the this basketball season with these players. We're in the heart of the hockey season that ESPN does carry. We're opening up baseball season. You're showing a bunch of baseball. We're airing a bunch of baseball on your own network. LeBron versus Michael at 5.15 on opening day of the baseball. Are you kidding me? Well, they don't do much baseball on No, that they show. do not. They uh-uh. don't do much uh, any hockey. Yeah, you they know do what? a lot of basketball and football. They do a lot of LeBron versus Michael. They do that, too. Yeah, so As does anyway. anyway. Uh, but we don't. We did it with Costas, though, <laughs> just because we knew what the answer was going to be. Uh, Brooke, this was fun. This was fun. And congratulations on your PGA Championship. Good Thank job. you. Thank you. I felt like I definitely didn't get enough attention for you know being paired with Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, did. he is the star. Yeah. yeah. That's a divine cap. <laughs> CD, this was great. My man. My man. Uh, and it's lightened up a little bit. We actually did this show pretty much in the dark today. We did. Uh, we of did. our own choice. Yes. But it was, it was fun. actually nice, though. It was very nice, yeah. Yeah. So maybe some other day when we know it's going to happen in St. Louis, and the next day it gets dark, we'll have a dark studio go. as well. We've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up here on 101 ESPN, and then throughout the day, BK and Ferrario, and then this afternoon, the Fastlane. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a happy hump day, St. Louis. It's the first week of the season. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.